Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rod Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, Geek Vibes Nation. There you go, Joel. Just one. Welcome, Geek Vibes Nation, to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm joined by the second biggest Batman fan in the world, Joel. What's going on, Joel? I could argue that. But yes, uh, I'm here. (laughs) There is no argument to be made. You're a second. There's definitely an argument to be made. I could definitely have a debate. (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough um, Like I said, welcome to an all new episode of Geek Vibes Live Titled, Turn That Frown Upside Down I struggled with the word frown because I was almost a thousand percent sure that I spelled it wrong But, good thing I did um, Right <laughs> let's, um, let's get right into it We're going to start with trailers We only had two um, But two really good ones uh, Let's start with Joker Um Joker. This movie, this is a unique trailer. Um, it, it definitely mm-hmm. was. Um, it looks like it's pulling from numerous different aspects, um, mm-hmm. one of them being uh, a bit of killing joke. Um, this movie is going to be rough for me, uh, same way that Venom was, um, in a sense of the character doesn't really exist without Batman, Venom doesn't really or shouldn't really exist without Spider-Man. Um, but Venom was, to me, entertaining. Like, that's all I was looking for that movie to be was entertaining, and it was. And this movie looks like it's trying to be a lot more than just entertaining. Um, speaking with Daniel, the uh, the producer of Hitman, when I, when I interviewed him, we were kind of mm-hmm. discussing how this movie could be the beginning of something bad for us DC fans. And the reason why I say bad is because if this movie gets an Oscar nod, um, there is a huge possibility we get an Elseworld um, Brian Cranston Lex Luthor movie that is a comic book <laughs> film, but Oscar. It, it, it's fishing for Oscars. Like um, DC looks like these Elseworld movies could be um, very little in the idea of comic uh, source material and more so drama, more so Oscar baiting. Um, which to me is, is not a bad thing. This movie looks beautiful. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, this looks like the Joker I had wanted Heath Joker to be, the guy that is just purely insane, the guy who is just purely uh, gets off on the idea of carnage rather than just chaos. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I loved what I saw. It, it looked weird. Like, for, for some strange reason, his body chemistry reminds me of um, – Christian Bale in that one movie where he was super bony. Um, I don't yeah. know why they made <laughs> why they made like this that. poor man. Yeah, they made the this poor man the look so super whatever. Skinny. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Well, the Joker is um, really thin anyway, so I guess it works. Oh no, no, <clears throat> he is. It just I, I guess I've never ever seen <clears throat> Joker without a shirt really in the comics. So just to see that um, was just like oh okay, looks weird. Um, but I've done enough talking. Joel, your thoughts on the. Uh, 
first official trailer for this uh, Joker film. Well, here's the thing. Um, I didn't know how I was going to take it because I, I didn't. I didn't believe this thing was ever going to actually be made, and then it just slowly started happening. Like, little by little, uh, reality, uh, the, the, the fantasy became reality, and, and I'm like, oh, shit, they're really going to go through with this damn movie. Uh, then, of course, they, they cast a Joaquin Phoenix, and I'm like, well, that's good. That's a good step in the right direction, because he wouldn't have signed on to just any movie. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't, you know, it is what it is. I've made peace with that. It, it is a Joker solo. Uh, but it's kind of its own thing elsewhere, like you said. Um, and I'm fine with that. Uh, so when I fir- finally got the trailer, you know, we've been waiting for a while now. We've seen already some of the behind-the-scenes pictures. So we kind of already know what he looked like. But um, the trailer blew me away. <laughs> it really did. I, I really, really liked that trailer. Probably more than I uh, – way more than I expected. Because um, it really is what I've always loved about the Batman villains to begin with. It, it's just there's a there's a it's like a character study of of one individual. Um, Joker ne- doesn't necessarily need an origin, but if this is just one origin of many uh, for a character that doesn't know what you know he's he's nuts. So he doesn't really know where it is. Um, it, this is just one of those stories. It's a one-off telling of of what uh, someone's idea of what Joker origin would be or could be or should be. Uh, I'll take it because it looks fantastic. The setting looks great. Joaquin looks like he's completely, completely committed to it. And I just, I've had, I watched it more. I, I rarely watch trailers more than one time in, in the same sitting, but I did. I watched this one like three times because I just loved this trailer. I, I will say seeing uh, that De Niro scene, I kind of feel yeah. like, and I know you're going to say I'm, I'm, I'm stretching, uh, I'm reaching rather, I'm reaching here on this, but I kind of feel like that scene, Joel, might be the same scene that we got in The Dark Knight Returns where Joker's on, like, a talk show, um, and he locks all the mm-hmm. doors and gases everybody in the room. Um, I, I kind mean, of feel like uh, that that might play off that scene. It kind of felt like it, where it, it looked like the I mean, it could. was introducing him. Right. I mean, it'll take different aspects. I could definitely see that being a factor. Like, if they did pull off that scene from The Dark Knight Returns, uh, yeah. why not? You know, they're like, they'll probably take up they're – already, they're already taking elements of killing Joke in it. So it's probably a mixture of different – aspects of the Joker's story. I mean, different Joker stories and so and putting it into one blender and this is what we got. Yeah, it, it just it, it, it looks like so much fun. And I, I do I do hate the and we know all movies get this, especially comic book or superhero films, but everyone's saying they don't like how Joker seems to be this sympathetic um uh character yeah, to I me. definitely saw that. Mm-hmm. What, what I hate about that is <clears throat> hold on, hold on, because I think people are getting two things confused. If you've read The Killing Joke, before he became the Joker, he was very much mm-hmm. a sympathetic character. Um, it right. was a very sad telling of, of his life. But once he became the Joker, he became the Joker. There was no more like, oh, no, I feel so sorry for this guy. And if you watch the trailer heavily, it looks like he starts off the sympathetic character again with the I always thought my life was a tragedy, but now I, right. you know, I, I think it's it's a comedy. That's him telling you I start off sympathetic, but I'm definitely going to turn into the lunatic that you guys all know and love um, right. in the comics. So to me, I kind of feel like if you think this movie is purely about making him a sympathetic character, I kind of feel like you only saw like five minutes, uh, not not five right. minutes. I'm sorry, five seconds of the trailer. Like watch the right. whole trailer. It's telling you in it. I, I it's a transformation. 
became a comic. Right. right. Um, and I thought it was so symbolic. The um, the shot, the shot that get, gave me goosebumps uh, from the trailer was him in the elevator, um, mm-hmm. and then just, just him just giving that smile. Um, this smirk, it, it gave yeah. me chills. Yeah, it's like man, I, it, his it's laugh so wasn't bad it. either. It wasn't, but I'm not gonna judge his laugh um, only because I kind of feel like maybe that's not the full laugh, like the full extent of the laugh. Right. Um, so there might be more to it. So it, it's right. the same way when Jared Leto opened the Suicide Squad trailer with his laugh. I wasn't ready to judge it because I'm like, well, let me see what he does in the movie um, before I'm like, oh, I, I love it. And then I see the movie and I'm like, oh, it's not really that good. Or, or I hate it. And then I see the movie and I'm like, I love it. Um, so the laugh is the one thing I'll hold off on. Because to me, if you're doing a Joker character, movie, whatever, you know the only thing that people truly care about is the laugh. You have to nail the laugh. Um, and knowing how how much of a character actor um, Phoenix is, I kind of feel like he, he knows that, and I'm pretty sure he's went through all the Jokers that have come before him. He's went through their laughs, and he found something that um, is a healthy blend of everything or something completely different. Um, I mm-hmm. just needed to be creepy. This movie seems creepy, and as long as the it laugh does is look creepy, creepy, I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> so. I just loved a lot of the elements. Like you see how the movie, the trailer starts with him. He's he's kind of he kind of feels bad for himself. You could see because he looks like he's a beaten man. He's slouching. He's not doesn't he's obviously doesn't really take care of himself really well. He's kind of somewhat sad, even though his mother tells him to smile and stuff like that. But you could see as the tra- the trailer kind of t- t- takes you through the movie doesn't show you everything but it takes you through the the progression of what you're going to see like it right. he starts off as this meandering little guy that just can't catch a break and you see him slowly through even throughout the trailer just begin to snap and he uses laughing as a way of feeling better you know just trying to like bring positive but it just you can see is that there's going to be a point where he's just gonna snap and by the time he does be put on the makeup as you see later on with the cot with the with the suit and you're like, oh my God, his his, his personality changed. He's more confident. He's dancing around. Um, he's standing up straight, walking with confidence. It's just different. It's a different person. You can see it in his yeah. writing. You see the letter. You watch him writing mm-hmm. the letter. You can see the top half is normal. By the time he gets to the bottom, it's all big and weird. And he's just not the same person anymore. So you're gonna see a crazy person emerge out of this. And he will that sympathetic figure. You will eventually feel for. You probably won't feel very sympathetic by the end of that movie because he's right. going to be a psychopath. And it's, I, I just can't wait to see how they pull it off. And definitely that suit looks so much like the Cesar Romero Joker. <laughs> it definitely yeah. gave me vibes of the old 60s Batman. I like that too. But, yeah, I love the trailer. Good trailer. Yeah, definitely. And, and it kind of feels like they're, they're taking a nod. I, I won't say taking from, just taking a nod to what Gotham did with Cameron's Joker, to where it's more of him uh, him sparking a revolution, like him sparking mm-hmm. the world to want to smile, to want to laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it built and it More like a cult following. Right, right. right. Exactly. Um, you can kind of get that feel from when he's running through the train station, and it seemingly looks like there's more people with the mask. That's how he's able to slip out, um, put mm-hmm. his mask in the garbage and kind of slip out of the chaos. Um, so I, I love what what's happening here with this movie. Um, like you said it before, it, it's a progression. But one last question I want to ask you before we move on to um, our, our other trailer is, 
Uh, I didn't really give it any thought, and I don't want you to think that this is an issue for me at all. I'm just curious on, on where you stand. Would you be mm-hmm. okay with this movie if it ends and there is no Ace Chemical scene? Like, it's just purely makeup. It's not his actual skin. <clears throat> yeah, I'll be fine because it's a standalone. It doesn't necessarily need it. Uh, if it's its own story, it doesn't need. It doesn't even need Batman at the end. I mean, it is what it is because um, it is a standalone. So I'm more open. If this is connected, <laughs> like a through line, that would be different. I'd have a different feeling towards it because that's. That's where I want it to eventually end with the eggs chemicals and falling in the bad chemicals, and that will eventually give perma white skin and shit like that. That's different. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but for for a standalone, uh, the kind of like movie uh, that's more of a self examination of the character, I'm and grounded, very grounded, as you can see. I'm totally fine with it if it doesn't yeah, happen. It, it just has to stay. Um... Elsewhere, like it has to say its own thing. Like I don't need a sequel. Right. I don't need uh, right, a no, Batman yeah. movie that leads into this Joker. Like I don't right. need any of that. And the, right. the biggest thing that I want to say is that you can't then turn this Joker into the current DCEU's Joker for anyone who is like wondering, like could that happen? I'm gonna tell you, really you no. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you no, mainly because it's the same thing that confused me with Gotham is because Joker is in his thirties. That's one. Two, uh-huh. Bruce's dad's alive. So that means Bruce has uh-huh. to be no older than 10 or 11 years right. old. And that um, kid that you saw in the trailer was probably Bruce, you know? Right. The one that he was reaching through the gate to put the smile on, that's probably yeah. Bruce. Yeah. yeah. So, no, no. I do not need this movie to be anything else. Just like if they did do an Elseworld Lex Luthor uh, movie, I do not need it to, to necessarily have Superman in it. Like, I, I don't right. need these Elseworld movies to connect. That's what Elseworld is. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think this is, and what, what me and Daniel were saying, Joel, that, that's kind of like a little, a little nerve-wracking. Is I kind of think if this movie is a smash, I mean, does really good in the box office and gets an Oscar nomination, I think they might start to prioritize Elseworld over um, the current DCEU, and that's bothersome um, because you can do whatever movies you want, whatever Elseworld movies you want. But it has to be after The Flash, after Green Lantern, after Batman, and after Superman sequel. Um, then do whatever you want. Um, as long as it's like what they did now with the Joker. Like, Joker didn't stop a lot of the other movies from being in production. As long as there's, like, for everyone else world, there's, like, two or three, like, in-worlds, I'm fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But the in-worlds can't be a Blue Beetle. Can't be a a black ad like no, I need yeah. it to be the core six. Like I need those I need those in the process of doing your elseworld. That's what I'm saying. Like don't tell me like, oh okay, a few years from now we're having a Maxwell Lord or um a Vandal Savage movie. but it'll be in the same year as Blue Beetle. Like no, because then that does tell me that it's taking precedence over the core films you should be focusing on. So that's just the one thing that makes me a little nervous about the success, the huge success that this movie potentially can uh, can garner. And also, Daniel made a point uh, that I'm holding him to. He said he thinks Joker will have a bigger box office than Shazam. Um, so I'm holding wow. Daniel to that. Uh, yeah, because that's saying a lot. Because <laughs> this movie doesn't – this movie isn't going to reach that many people. It, it's going to have to be a word of mouth. Um, and the, the advantage Shazam has that you can take your kids. 
So you obviously can't do yeah. that with Joker. Yeah, that's film. a big so, difference. Yeah. Yeah. So Shazam works as a family movie film. Could sell more. So to say mm-hmm. that this movie could sell more is is a huge uh, limb to be standing on. So we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see because especially if what Cannon's saying that this movie Shazam doesn't look like it's gonna do well in China. We'll see. No, we'll, um, we'll see. Right. Because yeah, China likes the DC, so we'll see how that works yeah. out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to add for the uh, the Joker trailer before we move on? Nah, man, that's just it's great. For me, it was it was a plus trailer. Yeah, yeah, and huge uh, huge props to DC for doing something that no other comic <clears throat> book uh, turned to movie genre has done yet, which is doing a completely separated feel from the universe they've already started. Um, and this movie definitely feels like it's more Nolan first than it is the current DCEU, even right. with how serious <laughs> Man of Steel and BVS were. Right, and it's nothing like Shazam. <laughs> like, no, no, it's, it's the com- it's a polar opposite. Yeah, right. definitely. It's crazy. Um, so that's going to be fun to see how this, how this all shapes out with Joker. But uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of Endgame. Um, we got a, not only did we get a trailer to come out with the release of the movie ticket sales, which, uh, that was a hassle of itself. Um, we also got a TV spot that actually Joel came on during one of the NBA games. I can't remember which game it was specifically. Um, but I was watching the game and then it just popped up and I was like, wait, is this a TV spot already? I was like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, we are kind of two and a half weeks out from this movie's release. So like, I, I guess it does make sense. Um, so this in-game trailer, I'll say the biggest thing that stood out to me was the uh, the dialogue um, and the dialogue from Thanos. Um, you weren't able to sit with your failure, and where did that bring you? It brought you right to me. I thought that was mm-hmm. so chilling. Like, I got so many chills when I heard that. I was like, Thanos might be the coolest villain ever. Like, just his dialogue alone is just so awesome. Um, but I want to start with you before I go into the whole diatribe. What were your thoughts of the trailer that released with the ticket sales, and did you happen to to catch that uh, TV spot? Uh, I I may have. Uh, I barely remember the ticket trailer. I remember certain parts of it, but I I, I don't know if I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> but I I'm not I'm not retaining any of the information that I'm getting. I just I just remember pure visuals at this point. I just remember liking what I saw. But uh, I don't remember a lot of aspects of the trailer, so I might need you to go into a little diatribe just for, to refresh my memory on the trailer. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we get the start of the trailer um, with everyone kind of going through the, the idea of wanting to rush to go fight Thanos, and Banner's like, you know, we're, we're undermanned. And uh, Rhodey is kind of like, yeah, why? Because he killed half of all of our friends. Um, mm-hmm. And then you hear Black Widow kind of going through, we owe it to the people who aren't here. Um, to, to go and try to do something. We also get a shot of Tony hugging Pepper, so obviously they make mm-hmm. it back, but we knew that. Um, we get a shot of Cap looking at himself in the mirror after, I assume he had just finished shaving. Um, then we get a shot of a good core of the Avengers standing up, looking at something. I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. probably Captain Marvel. Um, you also get a shot of... <clears throat> And now I was telling Mike last night when we were going into our, our series of the movie, I was telling him the one shot that I saw in this trailer, Joel, that just really stood out to me um, was a shot of when Thanos says, where does it bring you? Brings you right back to me. And you see Stark kind of walk out, and then you see Stark 
cat and Thor, but just like the bottom part of their legs. Like, they're, yeah. you know, you see Thor's cat, cat's legs. Right. You see right. them walking oh. towards Thanos, who's sitting down. Um, now, what I thought was so cinematic about that shot was I was telling Mike, it immediately reminded me of, remember that Comic-Con um, scene that was released of the Batmobile hitting Superman and then crashing, mm-hmm. and then you see yeah. the symbolic of Superman uh, with his cape flapping, walking up to the Batmobile. That, to me, is like those are core visuals um, that people mm-hmm. don't really speak about because it doesn't hit them, I guess, as much as it might hit someone like me. Um, but just mm-hmm. the visual of that was just so beautiful. Um, so, I mean, that that really <laughs> even heightened my chills with, with the dialogue that Thanos gives um, is the idea that you see the Trinity, walking towards Thanos. Thanos has a sword in the ground. He has his helmet off, and he's just sitting there. Um, two things could be coming from it. It could be they were giving him a beating, and he kind of had to kind of sit down, or he's sitting down because he doesn't take them serious. Like, both are awesome. Um, right. But, yeah, I, I just wanted to, to mention to you kind of a little bit about what was going on in the trailer. Excuse me. And then also that beautiful visual at the end of it. No, I, that's the thing. I remember a lot of the visuals. I remember that moment, the, the, the handshake moment. Uh, that was debatable, apparently, to some people. <laughs> um, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I still don't trust a lot of what I've seen. Uh, I, I, I will take it all. I believe a lot of it will be used. Maybe not in the same sequence. Uh, maybe there are. J- j- you know, I'm just. I, I know they're fucking with us, so I'm not trying to retain anything. Just so that. I, when I go into the movie, I'm not disappointed. Wait, that scene wasn't in the movie. And, you know, you get all upset because, you know, they were just fucking with us. So for me, I, I watched it, but I only watched it the one time, and I didn't really try to – I just retained a lot of, like, in terms of costumes, because I'm a big costume guy. I, I like the way to see how people look now. I know a lot of those costumes will probably still be the same. They won't be changing that very much in the movie. So that's the only thing I really focused on the most. In terms of story points, I know they might be messing with me, so I'm not trying to – focus too much on it and I just for Endgame I really just want to go in super clean you know and there's just a lot of moments I really hope I get in this movie and I think the biggest one for me is obviously the moment when Cap eventually says Avengers assemble and I think everybody and their mother is waiting for that one moment if you're an Avengers fan it's the one thing we haven't gotten (laughs) like like we gotta have it in Endgame like you gotta have that at at some point and I, I have no doubt they'll give it to us so um yeah, I, this movie's going to be fantastic. We both we both like stood all day trying to get tickets for that fucking movie. Um we did not we were not one of the lucky ones that got in early and you know, it, we struggled. It was a bitch all day trying to get tickets for that damn movie. Um but yeah. we got them and we'll be watching it uh and it's, Oh my god, it's been forever. It, it, I just can't wait. It's the end of the month and uh I wish I could see it earlier. <laughs> I, I do too. Luckily for Tia, she gets to see it a few days before everyone else. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, it, it's funny. I told her last night that you uh, you you were going to tell her that she's not allowed to to tell me anything from from the oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, I was just about to say that again. Um, yeah, I was going to text yeah. her. I'm like, don't you dare tell him anything. <laughs> yeah, she was like, she she started laughing. She was like, I, I, I'll try my best, and I was like, no, no, no Tia, I'm very weak. I, I'm I'm going to threaten you with everything possible uh, for you to tell me something. <laughs> um, but no, I. I remember telling uh, Mike and Thea last night that um, what I wouldn't do during the show for your benefit was um, try to um, theorize scenes from this trailer because I know you don't want to sink too hard into it 
because what I saw mm-hmm. could be misleading. Or mm-hmm. if I'm even remotely close to, <laughs> to being right, it will upset you. Cause you're ruined. Like, I want to know nothing. Right. So right. <laughs> I won't go into any theories whatsoever of this trailer. We will just move on. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> that is how much I value our friendship, Joel. That I appreciate I will that. All my ideas in my in my. Brain. I want to go clean. As you can tell, like the trailer, is, I blacked it out of my memory. <laughs> it's like what? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, that's oh. funny. it's funny. It's funny because when I asked Mike um, if he uh, if he had any theories, first thing he said to me is no, like no, I don't, I don't have any. I, I don't want to create any. Like I, I want to go in completely blind. I, I'm okay with that. Right. I was like, I hate you and Joel so much. <laughs> like I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's a good thing. I was like, you guys are extremely strong. Like, it's it's a good thing. I'm just mentally weak. Um, so you know. But anyway, let's let's move on. Um, coming out of CinemaCon, we had the Russo brothers officially confirmed that Avengers Endgame will be three hours and fifty eight seconds. I do want everyone to realize who who are saying like, oh my god, it's so long. It's technically only maybe about like two hours and forty something minutes. I think the rest mm-hmm. of it is 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 uh. Including the the um the end credit scenes. That's the credits, what I was gonna ask. The final. Does that count right. with the post credits and the the post post credits or whatever the fuck it is? <laughs> like, it does because if it doesn't, if it doesn't, that's if you count the end credits, the credits, and then if there's another one after it, that's more than three hours and fifty eight seconds. I think Disney is trying to let us know like everything included is three hours and fifty eight seconds. Um, right. Which makes sense. So it means the movie itself is probably only like two actually. hours and forty something. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to. You're definitely gonna have to. Um, you can just count it from when the movie starts, like when the movie actually starts, not when the, the trailers start. When the movie actually right. starts, um, then to when the lights completely come on. Like that's when you'll know like how long it actually was. Um, right. But yeah, I mean this this isn't really anything too bad. And everyone who's saying like. We need an intermission, and like it needs, it doesn't need an intermission, dude. Like no, Infinity War was was a a little over two hours and thirty minutes, so it's like you can't do another twenty minutes. You tell me you need an intermission with another twenty minutes. It's not right. that bad, but um, what does this news do for you? Does this news do anything new for you, or did you were you already prepared for the idea of it being three hours? I was prepared. Like I've been prepared since forever. Like I'm like if it is, then I'm in. It doesn't matter. If it's three hours, I'm not moving, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to watch this movie. Um, so for me, uh, it being three hours or near three hours uh, is fine. It's so totally fine for me because like I want as much as they can give me. Because uh, it's the end. It's the end game. I want to see everything, anything and everything. They want to show me. So I don't want to leave anything out, you know, So because this is the end of an era. It's the end of this phase. Um, I don't even know if they're even going to be called phases anymore going forward. We, we don't, there's a lot of things we don't know and we won't know until probably uh, Comic-Con or D23 or whatever the fuck. So it's like this is like we got to enjoy this while we have it. So, like, I don't want it to be gypped. I don't want it to be like, uh, like no, I want to keep it under two for – no. Give me as much as the, the directors feel they need, whatever time they need, I want all of that. And if this is what they feel like they, they landed on, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and I love the idea of three hours mainly because I hate when directors say, yeah, we left a lot on the living, you know, on the cutting room right. floor. Like there was a lot that couldn't mm-hmm. make it in it. If you have three hours and 58 seconds, there better not be much on that DVD when it's released that I'm seeing that just didn't make it in. You had plenty of time to put it in there. 
Um, like, eliminate any stupid scenes. Like, if there's a scene that's just purely there for comedy, eliminate that, and you put in what really needs to be in this movie. Um, and the Russos do a really great job of that. Like, we know we don't have to worry about the idea of, like, oh, there's another edition or there's there's another movie that we couldn't release, but we'll do it on a DVD. Like, there's none of that stupid crap. Um, just give us the full three hours, 58 seconds, and let it be everything that we need. Um, so we don't have to look back and go, man, we didn't get everything that we wanted because Disney was like, nah, we needed that two hours and 30 minutes. So three hours and 58 seconds means there's no excuses. We get the movie that, that we all want. Um, but all right, let's, uh, let's move on. Oh, excuse me. We got news coming out of the DC world. Uh, I'll start with the Idris one, uh, cause this one's probably going to going to be a good conversation between the, the two of us. Um, of course, mm-hmm. the variety, Idris Elba is out as Deadshot in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad and will instead play an unknown character for the film. This news mm-hmm. doesn't really do much for me, um, mainly because they didn't officially say that he was Deadshot to begin with. So it wasn't like I had my hopes up for him to be Deadshot. Um, it was always he was rumored for the role of Deadshot. It was never he officially was Deadshot. Um, that and also the biggest issue I have with this movie, um, doesn't come from any of the casting. Doesn't come from even (laughs) the idea of the movie. It comes with James Gunn continuously telling me that this is a reboot. It is not a reboot. You, you have a man. It's not James Gunn. It's the fucking producer. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the producers. You're right. I'm sorry. It's not James Gunn. It is the producers. You're right. Not a sequel. Um, I'm like, all right. (laughs) <laughs> okay, if you tell if, if, if what I think they're trying to say is, if you saw if you didn't see Suicide Squad one, it it right. doesn't matter. You could still see the right. second one. It, it's not a direct sequel to it, which is fine. But exactly. don't don't BS me. It is a sequel. Like it is a sequel when you have returning characters. It's a sequel. That's the whole premise of a sequel. Um, a reboot would mean Viola Davis is playing someone new. Uh, Jai Courtney is playing someone new. Uh, Margot Robbie is playing someone new. That's a reboot. It's not that. So stop saying that. But if the point you're trying to make is that first one that you saw, erase it from your mind. Our movie will have nothing to do with it. Then that's cool. That's completely fine. But make sure you're being specific in that because you have a lot of people thinking, wait a minute, hold on. Doesn't reboot kind of mean like, you know, original characters aren't coming back? Um, right. Then that's different. Um, but I don't think they're being specific in that. And when you keep saying things like it's a reboot, you confuse people. But I'm going to go to you, Joel. What are your thoughts on Idris Elba playing more of an original character rather than Deadshot? Uh, I'm fine with that. No, not it depends. Uh, a new character, original, made up for the movie, I would not like. But if it was another character from the comics that they bring in, that's like more someone we know. Um, like a bronze tiger who I've been hoping was in this fucking movie forever now. Uh, I'll be fine with that. You know, that's that I don't mind. Cause like from the beginning, when they say Will was not coming back, um, uh, this is what I wanted. I'm like, I'd rather they, they just make, um, they don't recast him and they just use a different character. And then we find Idris was in the movie. And I think all the only thing it came down to um, was that James Gunn really wanted to use Idris Elba in the movie as a lead. That's it. And at the one point, I think um, I always said if they're gonna bring in Deadshot, uh, and he feel if James Gunn feels like he needs Deadshot, 
then yeah, then I guess you should recast. But if, I, if it was my choice, just to leave the door open for a world to come back in the future, that's what I would prefer. And that's kind of what it seems like they're doing now. Um, I think the lead was initially written for Deadshot, but I think it's—I don't think it's a big enough deal where that um, they can't replace him with another character or a different type of character. Um, so that's why for me it's not a big deal. If anything, this is exactly what I wanted from the beginning, and now you're just adding Idris Elba to a lot of characters that I already like. So this is totally fine with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, cool. I mean, to me, it's like whoever he plays, to me, it's, it, that's the least of my concerns, mainly because it's Idris Elba. Like, he made me right. really enjoy Pacific Rim. So it's like, and he made me enjoy Dark Tower, which both were not really good movies. Um, so it's the idea of, cool, I, I really honestly could care less who he's playing. I don't even want to speculate who I think he could be playing because I honestly don't care. A good actor makes the role good, not the other way around. So I don't care. Like the biggest reason why we give Marvel so much stuff um, for him being Hemdale was because they didn't make Hemdale do anything but just stay in there for three movies. Yeah. So it's He's like, side yeah. Right. So to me, that was why Hemdale, uh, Idris Elba's Hemdale was a waste. But if they actually let him be more involved, like if he, were, if he followed Thor on his journey in Ragnarok, I think it would have paid off. Um, even if he kind of, during the events of Dark World, I think it would have paid off. But the fact that they actually didn't want to do anything with the character, but casted such a big name um, is why I think people kind of resent them for it. But to me, it's like the char- uh, the actor makes the character, not the other way around. Um, but we do have a friend of Geek Vibes Nation on. Dave, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Good, hey. how are you? How's it going, everybody? Right, so, how's it going? I, I, I want to ask you, w- with the news of Aegis Alba being out as Deadshot, which wasn't really confirmed to begin with, but... With him being out as Deadshot, do you have anyone you would like to see Aegis Elba play in the Suicide Squad uh, movie, or are you just cool with whoever they cast him because you're just a fan of Aegis Elba? Uh, I mean, Suicide Squad isn't a movie I really care about. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a bunch of characters that are obnoxiously cosplayed way too much, and I just, eh. It's not a movie I'm like, excited about. I will combat your statement, though, about Pacific Rim being a bad movie. I think you're terribly mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, li- I like the first Pacific Rim a lot. Okay, no. When I say not necessarily a good movie, like, I'm a huge Charlie Hunnam fan. So, like, when I heard that he had the lead for it, I was like, yes, let's do it. Um, I also think Charlie Hunnam would be a great lead for a Gundam movie, but that's a different story. I didn't hate the movie mm-hmm. whatsoever. Like, when everyone was like, it was such a bad movie, I'm like, I didn't really see that. Was it a great movie? No, it was somewhere no. in between. It was somewhere in between good and bad. Um, I, I think Charlie Hunnam and Idris Elba completely made that movie. Um, I think it was better that, than Suicide Squad. That that can't be debated. <laughs> I'll say this. I'm going to have to rewatch Pacific Rim and, and Suicide Squad again. Because I had fun with both of the movies. Like, um, I, I had fun with Will Smith as Deadshot. Uh, I did too. I'm going to rewatch both movies and then come back to you, Dave, <laughs> on that. Because I can't necessarily disagree. I just haven't seen both in a while. Um, I'll say that. That's what I'll say. Um, 
But all right, let's um let's go to more casting news that we got coming out of the Suicide Squad. Uh, Viola Davis officially is back as Amanda Waller. Um, hopefully they can do more with her character than they did in the in the first one. I kind of felt like she wasn't important enough. Um, that that's kind of why I don't like the idea of Rick Flag. Um, mainly because if you have someone to keep everyone in line, her role kind of starts to diminish more and more. Um, so mm-hmm. I kind of like it if she's more of the voice in your headpiece um, and you don't have anyone else kind of leading the charge because um, it just makes her character seem that more cool because it's like she controls when your head, you know, gets blown off. And I think right. when they gave that responsibility to Rick Flagg, it was kind of just like, all right, you kind of just showed us why Amanda Waller could have just been a cameo in this movie. Like she didn't really need more than just being a cameo because you had Rick Flagg doing everything. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of hope she's more stand standalone in this. Um, Dave, I, I'll go to you. Did you enjoy Viola Davis's performance as Amanda Waller in the uh, in the first Suicide Squad movie? I mean, I, I kind of agree with you that I, was, I felt it was unnecessary. It was just I felt like that movie had too many characters at jump. Overall, it was just like character after character, especially two characters that are not Batman or Superman that are so widely known. Uh, I mean, I, I, if I was to say besides Green Lantern, I think that's like number two worst superhero movie I've seen. So, Oh my God. Wow. Okay. You haven't seen enough. Wait, whoa, hold on. I'll tell you that much. Hold on. <laughs> I've seen them all, Joel. Joel knows very well how polarizing my opinions usually are about superhero <laughs> movies. Uh, oh, trust are me, you I saying do. this? Are you saying this in the DC world or superhero movies, period? Because that's important. Well, DC, think- I mean, DC for sure, but I would have to give more thought about, I mean, it's definitely within top five of where superhero movies made in the past 10 years o- okay, over, across only, the board. Only reason I ask is that first Hulk movie, I thought was really, <laughs> visually, it was garbage. But just tone wise was bad. But that's but, that's, but that's not that's not the MCU con- cinematic universe no, trend that's been no. the BS of what's no. been going on. No, that's right. why I was, that was asking before superhero movie period or just DC because if you meant all superhero movies, that first Hulk was horrible. Um, Fan Four Stick was horrible. I'd make an Ooh. argument. Rise of the Silver that Surfer was, was pretty bad. Um, so there's there's a lot out there. Still, um, they, Green Lantern but, again, those the Fantastic case. Four movies are still better than the one they just came out with. Yeah, well, yeah, everything's yeah. better than the Fantastic Four movies that just though. came out. Not saying Not much, though. Not saying much. That, the Rise of the Silver Surfer was pretty bad. That Galactus was just like you didn't even try. Well, like, that wasn't you Galactus. Didn't even that try. was a cloud. That just falls in the licensing, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, that was just it's, it's, it's communication between the, the the writing room producers and then legal matters, and then and they just caring. don't. They, yeah, you know, for, for me it wasn't caring. They they didn't they didn't care enough about the character Galactus to give us Galactus. They're like, you know what makes better a storm cloud. That makes way more sense. But why are we talking about Revenge of the fucking Silver Surfer or whatever the fuck? Why is this like? <laughs> good point. Good point. I, I'll go to you, Joel. Uh, how do you feel about Viola Davis officially coming back as Amanda Waller? Awesome. She was one of the best parts of that movie. Like, yeah, in my opinion, that movie was the worst of the DC movies. In my opinion, um, but 
I still enjoyed, like, especially at the beginning of it. I liked a lot of introductions to other characters. I don't think all of them needed to survive. I think I, I think the whole point of Suicide Squad is for a lot of them to be killed off. Um, so I think that's probably where a lot of it fell flat, especially the end. The ending was the worst part of the whole movie, was the, the third act, obviously. It's unnecessary villain against that, that type of – it just didn't make sense. But um, Viola Davis was a key part of that movie because she was a great casting choice for the character of Amanda Waller. Um, and I like, I, you know how I feel about Rick Flagg. I'm not a, <laughs> the character himself does not need to be in the Suicide Squad movie. More, you know, I don't need the character, but they brought him in. Kinnaman did a good job for that role. Fine. If he comes back, awesome as well. Um, but to me, the key element that needed to be in this movie was Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Because uh, I think she's a, she's an integral part to the, to the, the fabric of a Suicide Squad movie. Like if you really, if you're going to care about anything about the comics, she's a big part of that. I think uh, if you're going to bring anybody back from the old cast, that's the one that really matters. So for me, I'm very happy that she's coming back because I did like a lot of the casting choices for that movie, uh, even if the movie itself wasn't great. Yeah. um, And and if this does want to indeed begin production by the end of this year, this will not be the last of the casting news that we hear over the next few months. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if we see James Gunn make an appearance at um, Mm Comic-Con with a panel of the entire cast or or majority of of the cast. Um, I would not be surprised. Uh, I think it would be a great move for DC because I think um, build-up is always important for them um, because their marketing isn't usually the best. So it's like if you can hype people in August for a movie that's not coming out until maybe late next year, do it. Do whatever you, you need to do. Um, but they definitely need to be a strong force at this year's Comic-Con, uh, especially with the, the idea that Marvel probably won't be there again because their focus is D23 usually. Um, but uh, we, we got some more DC news. Um, let's move on to Harley Quinn will not be a member of Birds of Prey. Uh, Marvel Robbie apparently confirmed this. Um, okay, I, I don't know what really to say to that. Um, she never should have been. So it's like, cool, I'm glad you understand that she shouldn't be a member of the Birds of Prey. Um, but this news does literally nothing for me. I don't know what really to say to that. Um, she never says nothing for been. me, but um, Joel, so, I'll go to you. Um, I'll say this. Um, not exactly news. I guess a lot of people were worried that she would be taking Barbara's spot in the Birds of Prey movie because there's no Batgirl or there's no Barbara Gordon, who was a key member of finding the Birds of Prey. So a lot of people were like butt hurt, you know. Harley wasn't. I was one of them, so I, I get it. I'm like you're gonna do Birds of Prey without Batgirl or Barbara or whatever. It's weird. Um, but Harley being an offshoot character, uh, she being basically what you're gonna lure you to the movie and maybe introduce you to these two characters that probably form an alliance to become the Birds of Prey, uh, which would be Huntress and Black Canary. Um, that's fine. I see. It's just her. I think it's just her clarifying that it's not really her being a part of that team. It's just her. Like they're they're just joys. To me, it's a girl team up movie. They're calling Birds of Prey, but she not that she doesn't necessarily join the, that that squad. You know what I mean? That's all it is. I don't think it's big news. It's just something I think she felt like she wanted to get out there just because she she saw that people were probably bitching about it. Right, and I think because we did get an official poster. Um, at CinemaCon for the movie. And the right. the long title that we saw was just a joke that uh, Margot had on the, the cover of the script um, when she put out the photo. Seems to be the title that they're going with, which I like because I think that's your way of saying 
this is a Harley movie with Birds of Prey rather right. than Birds of Prey that has Harley as a member. So I, I think that right, you right. Um, distinctively letting the, the fan base, not obviously the core people who could care less about these characters, but the fan base know right. it's Harley's movie that, that co-stars Birds of Prey. Right, right. So you don't have to worry right. about us ever mixing the two because they, they're not mixable. It's just Harley's movie that runs into the Birds of Prey. Um, to me, which is which is completely fine. Like, if you're saying Harley is how the Birds of Prey form, but she's not a part of it, cool. Good. That's all I need. I, I'm, I'm good with that. I can live with that. Um, right. Dave, what are your thoughts on um, uh, Margot Robbie making it official that Harley will not be joining the Birds of Prey? Uh, good. Maybe new girls in the comics will cosplay as something other than Harley then next year. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doing all the conventions I do, I see way too many damn Harley Quinn cosplays, and it's obnoxious. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, for me, the quintessential Harley Quinn is Tim Sale's animated series version. So the movie right, version, obviously. I can take or leave. To me, that's just like, you know, look at me. I'm able to be cosplayed because you can buy my items on Etsy or a thrift store. So. Right. I will that. say. I mean, I'm, I'm, I Joel knows just. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, Joel knows me very well. I'm very much so against the like comic book movies i feel like they've ruined the actual medium of comics so most of the time if someone's going to walk away from it that's you know bumping it up more power to them no no more harley the idea of harley (laughs) Harley. being the the star of of cosplaying for women um definitely won't be coming from this year mainly because they have an animated show coming out about harley and then by the end of the year we probably will have a trailer for birds of um so it's like if we have a trailer she's going to be the main focus in it so you're going to have people feeling reinforced to being harley quinn for (laughs) for, um for for stuff like halloween and cosplays and stuff i'll tell you this when we all go to new york comic-con i can almost guarantee you at least a hundred of the women in attendance will be Harley Quinn. I, I can almost yeah, guarantee that right for now. For sure. <laughs> it's just what it is. She's the hot yeah. right now. It is what it is. You know, that's just how it is. People like her. Girls love dressing up as her. And so they're using it to their advantage. That's kind of why she's in Birds of Prey. No one knows who the fuck a Birds of Prey are except, who, you know, comic book fans. But you know who Harley is. She's a draw. So they put her in it. It makes sense. It's a really a girl movie. You know, if you look at it like that, you understand the, the concept of it. Harley Quinn is a, a cartoon character first before she was a comic book character. It transferred into the comics, and now she's in the movie. She's become a fan favorite, and she's less of a villain. She's more of an in-betweener now. Um, it's just what it is. You know, I, I, I've accepted it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure people were really sick around – the early to mid to late 90s, I'm pretty sure cosplaying back then, like, all the guys were just Batman. Like, everyone was just Batman. Like, you were all just the guys were just Batman. Nothing but Batman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Batman. Different versions of Batman. And Deadpool. Deadpool's very popular now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm sure those were guys' go-tos, uh, those two characters. But um, hopefully the females do get more of a wanting to be maybe some of the female characters from Marvel. Um, so we get some kind of change-up. Um, like, I'm even cool with Poison Ivy. It's just, like, you all can't be Harley Quinn. Like, come on, someone want to change it up. 
Uh, let me see in the right. foyer somewhere in, in the crowd. Like, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Let's take a small break from, from D.C. Let's jump into uh, Disney and Marvel a little bit. At CinemaCon, Disney chairman um, Alan Horn confirms we will be seeing more Deadpool in the future during the Disney presentation. Um, this isn't really news. I think he was very clear on that before, that Deadpool wasn't going to die off. He was going to do more with Deadpool. I still think mm-hmm. in that animated world that they're building for Hulu, Deadpool, voiced by Ryan Reynolds, should be a part of that. Um, or the show that Donald, really uh, that Donald Glover was trying to create, still create it, but just do it on Hulu. Um, right, right, right. I, I, I just think Deadpool is meant to be a part of a team like that. He just is, and you could lead it, and you could get a lot of fans on board with that that universe that they're building. People love Ryan Reynolds, and they love Deadpool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I fully expected them to still continue to do the movies. I think him saying that they're still going to do Deadpool confirms that they're more interested in doing Deadpool three than they are um, X Force. I, I think X Force has been pushed all the way to the back. They'd rather do Deadpool 3, see how that does, then maybe revisit um, X-Force. But X-Force, I'm right. curious about it because it now it now means, does that mean Cable is going to be in um, Deadpool 3? Because if you do that, I think you're really going to confuse people who just saw Josh, Josh Brolin as Thanos, uh, now seeing him as Cable, and it being in the same so. universe. It's not like he looks the same. It is a giant purple alien. Not exactly the same Very guy. true. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. But let's let's remember this. This is the same fan base that was confused, like, wait, hold on, Cameron's Joker? Wait, hold on, you're doing a movie Joker? Wait, hold on, Jared Leto's Joker is now being in the movie Well, that's confusing, too. having a Jared Leto Joker and Joaquin Phoenix Joker in the movie. That's confusing, but this is a little different. They're just same actor, they're playing a different character who looks nothing like him. You know what I mean? It's just, they sound alike. That's about the only similarity. <laughs> Yeah, I will say his cable sounded exactly like Thanos. Um, uh, but I'll go to you first, Dave. Um, what, what does this mean to you hearing that Alan Horn still is on board to, to seeing Deadpool be made? Um, it, does this interest you in the sense of Deadpool possibly someday, PG-13-wise, joining the Avengers, or are you just more so excited for the idea of seeing another solo movie of Deadpool? Uh, neither. I'm actually annoyed that X-Force is being pushed back. I'd much, yeah, rather see an X-Force, I'd much rather see an X-Force movie than a, than a Ryan Reynolds movie again. I mean, Deadpool. I'm sorry. <laughs> really? That's yeah. interesting. I mean, go ahead, go ahead. There's so many more interesting characters in X-Force that, like, they're going to take a gamble. Well, DC takes a gamble on, like, Suicide Squad. It's kind of the same thing in terms of, like, those C-list characters like Warpath and Feral. I mean, depending mm. on what era of X-Force they go with, but... I mean, I think more there's a lot more interesting version. characters. And since they love diversity so much, I mean, X-Force, I feel, is such a hand-given basket to them for that. I, I, I can agree almost, that. as upsetting as it may sound to you, I can almost guarantee you we won't get X-Force before we get X-Men. Um, oh, I know that. It'll, it'll oh, be yeah. That's yeah. Sure. I mean, the trailer for the, the second Phoenix saga, which is obnoxious as it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank God. And it was funny because like they they were saying at CinemaCon like they were confirming like, uh, Dark Phoenix is the last of like that X Men saga. And it's like, uh, yeah, we were praying for that. Like, yeah, thank you. Like, of course <laughs> we, we figured that. 
Um, Signing off. <laughs> also, I think it was interesting that they were reinforcing that New Mutants will come out in theaters. I was just kind of yeah. like, really, Alan? You want to you want to drop this in theaters? All right, <laughs> okay. You just had Matthew Williams come out and said they haven't even done a reshoot yet, so it's like they probably won't be now. this year. They're just gonna well, release it, <laughs> like whatever. God bless whatever's them. there. God bless them. I- I've never seen a-, a turnover care so little about making money <laughs> when it comes oh. to a movie. But that's exactly what Disney is at. Like they're like, I don't care. He can make two dollars and I'd be fine. You know um, the money they're going to be making off their new properties? They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> don't don't care. Care. they don't care. I mean, let, let's not forget, this is a studio that has enough money to film scenes that were never going to be in a movie just purely to throw people off in trailers. Like, that's how much money Disney has. Uh, it, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's just it, it's unfair. Um, but, Joel, what, what are your thoughts on Alan kind of reinforcing that Deadpool is part of the future going forward uh, in the MCU? No, no. I mean, he's just confirming what we all knew. Like we knew Deadpool was gonna be the only one coming in from there. I, I, I am hoping uh, the X Force does get more play quicker, because uh, that's what everyone was waiting for. And now we don't know how they're gonna play into the future Deadpool movies. Like we don't know what Deadpool three is gonna be. You know what I mean? Like they played with a lot of the X Men, and not a lot, but with a couple. Obviously, Colossus was in it. Megasonic Teenage Warhead, like that. Juggernaut was showed up in the last one, of course. Also, Gable and Domino. Also, <clears throat> all the X Men had a cameo in that one scene. Yeah, the Fox, <laughs> the Fox X Men had a small cameo. There's a lot of jabs. If it's Deadpool, you can get away with that kind of shit. So, will this be almost like a, a third movie, but also kind of a reboot? You know what I mean? That's how you gotta look at it. Because the new world, so yes, it's Deadpool in a new world, and he has to acknowledge that it's not the same world that it was. Yeah, it's gonna be the, the, all the meta jokes coming out of that movie are gonna be really good. I can't wait. I can't wait for that part of it. But hopefully, um, that movie can settle what the hell is gonna happen with X Force in the future. Because I do hope to see X Force co- come around. Because I was really looking forward to X Force. So hopefully, it doesn't get yeah. pushed back super far. But I don't know. It really depends on how they pull off Deadpool and where they they land in the, where he lands in the MCU. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just think if you're if you're Feige, what you don't want is the idea that Deadpool threw up the X a lot in Deadpool 2 uh, to symbolize, mm-hmm. obviously, them creating the X-Force. Um, and mm-hmm. if you're Feige, you're like, I want the X to be unanimously known for X-Men before X-Force. So it just means um, that, let's say, 2022, if we don't have an X-Men movie by then, we're definitely not going to have an X-Force movie So well after um, an right. X-Men movie is established and then after a Deadpool 3 is established um, and then I think they'll go right into an X-Force movie because I, I don't think they're going to make a Deadpool 4 or a Deadpool 5 I think 3 right. will stop but they'll then bring Deadpool into the X-Force and then create another trilogy off of that Offshoot. so it's going right. to be a while um, and I think Kevin Feige even, would even play around with the idea of having Wolverine cameo um, in, in the X-Force. So I, I think he just wants to establish X-Men first, and then he'll, he'll dig into X-Force. It, it's just, it's right. one of those things where it's like he has so many toys in, in his toy box that it's like you can't play with them all. So, like, we're going to have to wait right. until he's ready to play with certain characters. Um, but, yeah, X-Force, unfortunately, is going to be on the back burner. It, it, it unfortunately, just like uh, the Doctor Doom movie, wasn't put into production before the merger happened. Mm-hmm. 
so it's like now that Kevin Feige has it, he's in absolutely no rush to do anything with Doom, to do anything with X-Force. Um, so we just unfortunately have to wait for it. But it shouldn't be that, that, that long. Maybe five, six years top, but it'll be well worth it. Um, all right. Let's move on to some news that kind of confuses me because I don't really know necessarily where it came from, but I know it completely caught me off guard, and I got really hyped for it. Uh, there's a rumor going around that Doctor Strange 2 could release, not start production, release next year. Um, that it sounds really weird because I've heard nothing. I, I think they were working on the script last, last time I heard anything about this movie. Um, we haven't heard any casting news. We haven't heard anything. Um, so if this movie is able to pull off three filmings, three MCU filmings in a year, um, I'll be shocked. Like, if you're telling me Black Widow's filming this year, Eternals is filming this year, and Doctor Strange 2, and you're able to pull it off and have all three of them released next year, I'll be shocked. I- I'll be truly shocked. I-, I, don't- I don't know how you'll be able to pull that off. Um, but, Joe, I'll go to you first. Do you think that that's even remotely possible for them to try to pull off? Uh, I guess it's possible. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, uh, considering... I know the focus now is really Black Widow and Eternals, um, so I, I'm not really sure where. Or, but I mean, they'll probably find time for Doctor Strange. But I just, I just don't believe it'll be ready for next year. Uh, it's possible, I guess, if they can get everybody ready. But I think uh, Benedict might be busy doing stuff right now. So I, I know the director's attached. I know they're they're currently writing, or if they've been writing, or they're maybe they're tweaking it. I'm not sure. Uh, so a lot of that's probably already taken care of. It's just now just a matter of scheduling when filming is going to start for them. Because uh, I think Marvel, at least we know, even though they haven't officially announced any of these movies that we're talking about, um, we know they have directors, they have uh, writers for certain properties like Black Widow Eternals, Doctor Strange 2, uh, Black Panther 2, uh, Guardians 3. All those movies are definitely have writers and directors. Now it's just a matter of scheduling time to film. And obviously Black Widow's already casting, Eternals is casting, and we haven't heard much except for the fact that Doctor Strange got the director back, and that was a couple months ago. So I don't, I don't see it likely, but I guess it's possible, but they would have to move pretty quickly. Yeah, super quickly. Or, uh, I mean, let, let's not rule out, Disney does keep things under wraps. It'd be hard to keep that under wraps, um, mainly because once you pick a location, like, you kind of you kind of got to cut off like a large section of that location that you're looking to shoot. Um, this isn't like Warner Brothers, where like I think a little bit of Justice League was shot like in studio. Um, so mm-hmm. like you could have completely filmed that movie in silence, and then like boom, we made the movie, and we're like, wait, where? Um, and you're like in the studio. Right. Lot. So uh, we know Disney doesn't work like that. They look for actual places to shoot from. Um, so I think that is one of the biggest things you wouldn't really be able to keep under wraps, and we know how much they love Atlanta for shooting, or at least the Russos do. They love Atlanta for shooting. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just doesn't seem like that's something you'd be able to keep under wraps, but if anyone could do it, it'd be Disney. Um, it yeah. just would, to me, it would seem like rushing unless everything else was already planned out and we just don't know yet. Um, but, Dave, what do you think the likelihood is that we could get um, Doctor Strange 2 released? Uh, next year in theaters? I doubt it. I mean, I think that's like, I just think that they're focusing way too much on the other movies, like you were saying, for that to even come out. I mean, you know, stranger things, I guess, have happened with movies dropping or information dropping, but given that there's no hard evidence of it, 
Mm-hmm. I doubt it. I'd like to see it. Doctor Strange was one of the few movies I actually do enjoy from Marvel, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I just kind of feel like it'd be rushed. Like, don't ru- One thing uh, that Alan Horn was, was kind of talking about is um, kind of the formula of films that they're looking to release in a year. Um, and I kind of don't want you to force yourself to stick to doing three to four a year. Um, like, if all you have next year is two, then just have two. I mean, as far as we know, Warner Brothers only has one for DC coming out next year. So it's like, you don't – oh, no, I'm sorry, two. I just lied. Um, they have two also. Um, to me, if you only have two, just stick with that. We're, we're, we're completely fine with that. I, I do wish Black Widow wasn't one of the two, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm completely fine. Yeah, don't rush just... Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to, Joel. But, yeah, don't don't mm-hmm. rush it just, just to put three movies out next year. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Alan Horn – um, they also confirmed, Disney also confirmed that CinemaCon, the franchises such as Alien, Planet of the Apes, and Kingsman will continue to be developed. This is extremely interesting to me because, Joel, do you remember the article um, of Matt Reeves where he was kind of saying what he wanted his Batman movie to kind of feel like, the detective side and everything? Yeah. Okay, in that same article, he was asked, um, would he do more Planet of the Apes movies? And he said in that article he would love to. I mean, it's something that the studio hadn't come to him and talked about. It would obviously have to be after he's done with the Batman, but he would love to come back Mm -hmm. and do more. Um, So I'm curious, if you're Disney, and and I'll pose this to you, Disney, do you Mm -hmm. look to reboot um, that complete Planet of the Apes franchise, or do you carry on knowing how much money those last three made? Do you carry on with Matt Reeves? Well, if I'm Disney, I don't give a fuck. I just do anything that makes money. But if I was in charge of Disney, <laughs> I'd just not use that property ever again and just hold the licensing because those last three films are blasphemy to the original. Crazy. The movies are great. Those movies were great. Those movies were great. Um, well, great have have a, I, don't, I don't care if they're good movies. A... Shot well, acted well. They're blasphemy to the original scripts of the original. Wow. You're such a party pooper. I know. Nah, man, they 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 shot on the under like the science fiction realm or aspects yeah, of what did. the original that, Planet of the Apes were. The new ones are complete garbage. it's a reimagining. The new ones to me were special because it, it gave you an Oscar feel. Like I never thought a Planet of the Apes movie could give me an Oscar feel. Um, it just mm-hmm. was so it was shot so well. I thought Matt Reeves did a great job shooting that film. Um, and I thought the writing, the, the dialogue for it, and the third one I thought was kind of dicey. Um, but I thought he did a really good job building that uh, that universe of Planet of the Apes. I'm, I can honestly tell you I've never really seen the original one. Um, so I, I'll go ahead and, like, bow out of that conversation of comparing. Um, I just enjoyed the two <laughs> movies for what they were. I, that, that, that's, that's the only way I look at it. I just thought they were good for what they were. Um, I mean, they're, pop, they're popcorn flicks. Of course, they're going to be good. There's millions of dollars going into them. But they're a little deeper than you know, that. But I see what you're saying. They're popcorn flicks, man. <laughs> they're good Especially popcorn the, flicks. They're deep comp, they're popcorn. They're not just all action. This is actual, this is actual well, hold story. On, hold on. And art. Time out. Time out. I'll say this. Triple X popcorn films. I don't think those three <laughs> Planet of the Apes movies are in the same category as Triple X. And that's a pure popcorn film. So that Maybe not the first one because it was a gamble, but once they knew it was a sure thing financially, 
the second and third one were popcorn flicks. They were like, all right, these are going to – there was no doubt of them not doing well. Because they were good movies. They were just good movies. Right. They were probably better than the first <laughs> right. movie. Right. I don't I – don't, yeah, but I don't, I don't watch Planet of the Apes to be like, this is exciting. I watch Planet of the Apes to be like mentally stimulated by it. The originals were it, – it made you question the idea of evolution and mental capacity. The new ones were like, nope, we're just going to start off the beginning and just give it all to you. Not really. I don't know watch those new movies. I don't know. There's more, there's more depth to it than you think you give credit for. There is. There is. There, there definitely is, especially in the first you one. If you want to argue you the, the last two. can't replace Charles Heston. <laughs> no, but no, you don't but have, you to. Do have it's to. It's the new on. world. Yeah, you right. do have you to can't, move on. You can't live in the past. If, if you're going to move on, make a, make, make a new idea. Don't just keep recycling the old one. I think they did, though. But they we like a it. lot more scientific. They went a lot more scientific yeah. with the idea of that being what introduced the Planet of the Apes rather than it being like, no, we didn't have a, a full planet of just, like, really smart monkeys that, like, came over here. It was like, no, it was the, the scientific that was, that's idea the premise of creating of the, the premise of the original is that humans trained them to be that way. It wasn't a chemical. Right. right. That's what I'm saying. It they did, just, they, gave, it they gave it an explanation. They gave it an explanation in the original, too. Yeah, but this one, they gave it an actual drug. Like, the drug caused this. We caused right. our own demise. Yeah, I think, that's I think really that's, what it came down to. I think that's weaker. I think that's a weaker idea. That a drug Oh, God. We're never going to get anywhere with this. Uh, so, no, next. So I'm <laughs> saying, like, in the, in the original, it, was, it wasn't a PED. It wasn't an enhancement. It was that they actually got smarter. I get it. I understand. I'm just saying this didn't do that. It did something else. It tried something. Different. I know it didn't do and that. It's still, like it. And it still, it still was a good movie. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good movie. It's a bad Planet of the Apes remake. <laughs> it was fine. That's fine. All right. Um, what was next? <laughs> I'll go to you, Joel. I'll go more off of Planet of the Apes. Um, Aliens, we know they had a, a movie they released a few years ago. Uh, I didn't think it was all that good. I thought you were trying to uh, hang on too much of the original formula of that movie, and it kind of showed. Um, mm-hmm. But you have you have Kingsman that uh, apparently is still moving forward, um, which is good um, because I, I think we definitely enjoyed the first one. I don't know how you felt on the second one, but I definitely thought the first one was a um, a really, really, really good movie. Um, so the idea that they're keeping Alien, Planet of the Apes, and Kingsman um, – what is that? Do you feel as though they need to reboot all three worlds, or are you okay hanging no. on to some of the, the things we already know from all three of those films? You hold on to whatever works, but obviously to me, Alien, I, I liked Prometheus. I didn't like that last one. I don't remember what the last one was called. Uh, whatever the last Coven. Alien movie was. I did, uh, yeah, I didn't like that one. I liked Prometheus. Uh, I did not like Coven, uh, and I'm kind of done with that version of it. I was bored to tears with Coven. Uh I I was really intrigued by the whole idea of Blunt Clamp coming back and doing like almost like a semi sequel to Aliens. Yeah. Um. That was that was intriguing to me. Uh, I'd rather see that than like a, a. I know Ridley wanted to do a third movie like after Coven and finish that, and I guess if they want to do that, I would not be opposed to it. Uh. But I I I'm not a big Alien guy. Like I I prefer Predator for over Aliens and Aliens, but um. Uh, I just I'd rather see more of a, like reimagining than than continuing on what they were doing or or go back to like I said like maybe maybe an offshoot sequel to Aliens um, preferably in in terms of that Kingsman um, 
I I didn't hate the last one. I loved the first one. Didn't didn't I liked the second one? Didn't I wasn't in love with it. Uh, I was intrigued by it. And I know the third one's going to be more of a prequel, um, which is fine with me too. I think they're fun movies. Um, but um, I don't know Kingsman. I know Dave. Did, uh, I don't remember if you liked the first one or not. I, I know you liked the first Kickass, and I don't know if you liked the, yeah, the Kingsman movies. But um, I was always intrigued by the American offshoot of, of the Kingsman, uh, the States. What were they called? Statesmen, I think they were called. Um, that was intriguing. Yeah. It just it was, to me, it wasn't completely executed, 100% right. Um, they could have done a better job. But again, I didn't really hate the sequel. Uh, I, I am looking forward to seeing the prequel though, and seeing what, what that's all about. Yeah, I, I will say for, for back to what you were saying about Alien, I wasn't really huge on <clears throat> the world of Alien either. I actually didn't see the originals until after Prometheus. I think the biggest reason Ooh. I love Prometheus, yeah, I think the biggest reason why I love Prometheus is that I didn't know it was an Alien movie. So like the oh, very that's end. That's a good surprise. Know, I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> like, you, you know what it reminded me of, Joel? Um, no. Like when I left Glass, uh, not Glass, I'm sorry, uh-huh. uh, Split. And I left Split, and then yeah, it ended with Bruce crazy. Willis. I was just, what? <laughs> like, that's how I saw Prometheus. <laughs> um, and then it immediately made me want to go watch the originals um, to kind of capture that feeling again. And then when they did Covenant, I was just like, oh, God, no. Like, <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> like, <laughs> how did you royally screw this up? Um, but, yeah, I thought Prometheus uh, approached its universe the same way that Split did, to where it was like, we're not going to let you know it's connected, because that might put a lot of you off. Wait till you see the end of the movie, and then wow. we'll see how you feel. Um, and I think Prometheus yeah. did it successfully, and I think Split did it successfully, because a lot of people didn't like Glass, a lot of people didn't like Alien Covenant. So they both handled that right. to where it was like, the original concept was great. Then when you went into, like, all right, we're part of this world now, a lot of people were like, you didn't really do all the best job. Um, so, I mean, to me, honestly, if you're Disney, I kind of feel like Disney is on this power trip of kind of wanting to do everything of its own. Um, right. I wouldn't be shocked I if they completely that. said, you know what, after this new, uh, the new yeah. movie um, of it being a prequel, they might go into the idea of completely recasting. Um, I'm fine with that. If Disney thinks they could do um, something different, something more fun, something more entertaining, try it. Um, but I definitely don't see Disney continuing with where Covenant left off. I don't see it continuing where the last Planet of the Apes left off, and I definitely don't see it continuing after um, Kingsman 2. So we'll see what Disney mm-hmm. has in store. But I do think this is a good sign because it does mean that they do care about original content. Um, I, want, go ahead. I want Kingsman to go back to Miller so his Miller world on uh, Netflix could be complete. <laughs> we could see Kingsman stuff on yeah. Netflix. You know, that'd be pretty cool. That would be interesting. Yeah, I agree. To me, I do think Kingsman would be a better series than necessarily a movie. It, it gives you the ability to flesh out more. Um, right. So I'd be fine with that. I'd be completely fine with that. Um, but we'll see what Disney does. We've learned not to question Disney. They obviously do what they want. Um, let's move on. Um, this news I really, truly enjoyed so much that I put it in our topics, and we don't ever really talk about uh, stuff like this. But according to Game Informer, Ed Boone has talked to Marvel about creating a fighting game and would love mm. to do a Marvel versus DC game. This oh, yeah. is super intriguing. Um, because to do a Marvel vs. DC game, I would hope would bring everyone who still thinks that it's a Marvel vs. DC world that we live in, um, would mm-hmm. kind of just get over it. Like, they would just enjoy, like, you talk so much smack about Superman being better than Thor, well, now you get the chance to play as, play as Superman beating up Thor. Like, maybe that'll cure some of the, the craziness that goes on in their heads. 
right. but the idea of talking to Marvel about doing a fighting game, I would just suggest the biggest thing I hated about um, DC when they created their, their Injustice fighting game was that it was too tailor-made after Mortal Kombat. Like, I didn't like the playability of it. Um, I that was really good. It up more, I just I thought that the the story of it was great. I just didn't like the playability. Like I didn't I didn't. Want you didn't to like the like way it played. Playing. You didn't like that it played like Mortal Kombat. Is that what you're saying? Because to me, to me, it was just like, all right, well, I could just play Mortal Kombat. Like the idea that you're giving me Batman, um, but I'm playing as if it's Mortal Kombat. Like that didn't excite me enough. The story is what drew me to the game. You're crazy. Um, I just wanted you to open it up more. Like, I thought Ultimate Alliance was a way that, that Marvel opened that, up. That's not a fighting game, game, though. That's that's more... That's not a fighting game, Ultimate Alliance. No, it's an adventure game. It is an adventure game. You're right. It is an adventure game. But I don't really need a fighting game. <laughs> open it up. <laughs> do, do an open I'm just saying. Well, look. Well, game. like, Marvel's Capcom, they fought, like, Street Fighter characters, all of them. And Mortal Kombat uh, Injustice, they they it's the same people. It's the it's Nether Realm. They they did they did Injustice. That's why it plays like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, um, but Injustice and the mechanic get, is completely different than Mortal Kombat. Right, and it, right. It, they they I mean it's similar, but it's not the same. Uh, Injustice is not Mortal Kombat, obviously. Uh, if you play them, <laughs> uh, and Injustice is very much its own thing, and just like Mortal Kombat's its own thing. Uh, and I enjoy both. And I have like I I love the Injustice game, like Injustice Two. I actually got the one hundred dollar one. That they got all the DLC and all that. I loved that that game so much, and and it did have a lot of replayability. And to and for to be able to combine DC and Marvel and do a game like that, that would be fucking ridiculous. I don't think it'll ever be possible or happen. Even though that's mm-hmm. a game that could definitely be open to interpretation. Like you can like you don't have to have a, a winner. Like whoever you whoever is playing the game can pick the winner. You don't have to actually choose. The story doesn't have to choose that. You can choose that. Uh, that's the right. best way you can approach that. Um, but I, I just it just doesn't seem possible because just the idea of Marvel licensing and combining with DC licensing to go together to, with like NetherRealm and we know Warner Brothers has a big, has a really close relationship with NetherRealm and Boone. That's why they've been doing a lot of DC games recently. Um, I would love that. I don't know how likely it is, but I, that would be awesome. Because the Injustice games would be great. I mean, they're they've been great, and I can't wait to see what else they come out with in terms of DC. Is it another Injustice game, or is it a whole new DC fan game? Whichever, I just can't wait to see more games from NetherRealm with comic book characters because awesome, awesome. I'll say I'll say it's more likely now than it would have been maybe twenty years ago. Mainly because if if you watch, obviously I know you do, uh, Dave. I'm not sure if you do, but if you watch the Flash, Joel, how many Marvel characters did they name on the Flash? I mean, you they even had Stanley. A lot. You even had Stanley on um, on Teen Titans Go, like the the movie. So obviously, there's a working relationship between the two. And I, I think if you're Ed Boone, you can definitely tell respect. it to both sides. Like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. There's a respect between the two. Um, you could obviously sell it to where you're like, dude, we'll just keep the ending open ended. Like, there is no one one company that that is you know uh, has an advantage over the other. You both you are going to get the destiny. you know. Mm-hmm. Simple, very simple, and I think if you sell it to them like that, I don't think they say no to it. I, I, I purely don't, mainly because if you're Warner Brothers, let me not say Warner Brothers, if you're DC, you struggled with games that weren't Batman, um, and if mm-hmm. you're Marvel, you struggle with games that aren't Marvel vs. Capcom or Ultimate Alliance. So yeah, try it, try it, see if it works out, and if it does, it could open the door for something that I've really truly wanted um, that you kind of brought up last time we were together, Joel which is maybe getting an animated world 
of Marvel characters versus DC characters uh, like they did in the comics. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, and have it be interactive right. to where the, the fan could pick the winner. It's not necessarily the story yeah. picking the winner. The fan could pick the it'd winner. It'd be fun. Um, it'd definitely be it'd fun. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of fun. And it would it would open the doors for maybe 10 to 20 years from now we see the world collide, um, you know, to where it's not Batman versus Iron Man and there has to be a winner. Obviously, they fight and they come together and they fight the villains that, that came together. Um, it just opens so many doors. So if Ed Boon can, can bring the two gangs of Warner Brothers and Disney together to make this happen, I'm all for it. Do it. Let's let, let's make it happen. But um, Dave, what what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that that's even remotely possible that both sides can come? It'll never and happen. Game happen. Yeah. <laughs> one one it will never happen because Marvel doesn't have the worry that DC or Warner Brothers has with its properties because Marvel really has yet to have that big of a failure, and their video games don't affect them, especially even now being part of Disney, even more so whether they succeed or fail. I mean. That Deadpool game was extremely successful, and they didn't give a shit about it still took how many years to get that movie made, even after the critically acclaimed video game that came out for, like, what, Xbox 360 and PS3. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't well, – that's one. Two, I just think that the relationship with Capcom and other publishers to then go to other realms, I, I just don't see it happening. Nor do I think that there would be so many so many arguments, I feel, internally about – what a character can do to an opposite opposing like published character, because that was one of the biggest issues initially with Marvel or not Marvel DC versus Mortal Kombat was like, yeah, DC didn't, Warner brothers didn't want to let go of the reins to allow Mortal Kombat characters to do specific things to them visually in the game, whether it was one round or kill them canon within <laughs> the game. It was, it was silly. That mm-hmm. that's base opinion. My top opinion on top of that being a fan of fighting games is I don't want to see it personally just because I feel like the only reason why Boone wants to do it is because of Evo. He knows that if there was a game where it was Marvel versus DC, that shit would, would soar in the Evo event. Yes, it would. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that Injustice 2 had was that it was so formulaic to a a competitive sport rather than a casual player. Mm -hmm. That for me, was not fun. Well, well, I still have fun with it, but I agree with your, what you're saying. Um, well, for, it, it for someone who doesn't, like, like, have the system and only plays when, like, a buddy brings it over, I just mm-hmm. felt like it was too mechanically driven, kind of in the same sense of how in Street Fighter 4 dropped, you could only do specific combos that were pre-programmed. There was no free-form casual play. You had to do right. the mathematical equations that they programmed for each avatar. And that's to me, that's not yeah. fun. I get what you're saying. I do. Um, but... I mean, I don't, I don't disagree at all because I think a lot of that has. Uh, you're right about a lot of that, but um, I do believe you're right. I think he would, they would kill it at Evo <laughs> if they could get that. If he get his hands on that kind of shit, my God, it, it would be one of the highest selling games of all time. No I doubt, think that's the main reason why he wants it. So easily, yeah. Easily. <laughs> I, I think, I think the idea of him bringing it to them completely showed that that he sees the dollar signs that could connect to that. Um, I, I I think it's more so possible now than it would have been ever 20 years ago. Um, I think you could have conversations. Maybe not like everyone sign on the dotted line for it to, to go into production immediately, but I think it would be uh, something that they'd be more open to, um, especially with Marvel now being part of Disney and Disney just loving money 
in video games being like outside of Kingdom Hearts, really, um, you don't really have much money uh, in the video game world. And I think Disney is obviously showing it wants it in every possible arena. Um, so if they can kind of get uh, a hand in the video game world um, and let that I mean, be what spins them off into making money in video games, I think they'd be open to it. But but, but they do in, in but they do in iOS. Like Disney doesn't care about small fry video games. The only reason why they do that is because of Square. Really, mm-hmm. I mean they don't they don't care about like console games. You know how much money they b- bring in from people buying the shit in the Marvel Legends and yeah. Marvel Alliance on, on your yeah, phone app. They don't yeah, give a exactly. shit about like actual yeah, video but that's, games. That's my thing though. Which sucks. This that game, this game fan. could, <laughs> this game could spin it's, into doing that also. I mean, we've seen uh, injustices. I, so. I mean, unless in they fuck the, unless they fuck the customer royally with DLC, it's not going to be anywhere near what they probably bring in a month with the Marvel Alliance. Well, I'm not sure because uh, the like we have also the lines coming out now for Switch like specifically. We'll see how that yeah. does. And then we know Square Enix, you know, the Marvel and Square Enix has obviously a relationship um, um, now that they, they're they they're doing an Avengers game. We don't know what kind of Avengers game. They haven't released what the fuck it's about yet. Uh, but we know that there's some type of Avengers game. So uh, if, if that's that's another thing that gets in the way. They have now relationships with other publishers, like what Dave, uh, Dave was saying. And it's like, it's going to be tough because we know Warner Bros. already has a, a a good relationship with NetherRealm, uh, and and yeah. Marvel has a, a relationship now with Square Enix. It's just, I mean, it, they won't get away. From, they're just not going to let go of that the company that they're with. It's going to be hard well, negotiations for that to ever happen. And to, and to add on that, I don't think it's it's Marvel really benefiting from Kingdom Hearts as much as Square is benefiting from it so much more, because mm-hmm. Marvel and Disney have the money regardless. They're like, okay, you can show that you can do something successful, so we'll allow you to continue to use us as a success jump point. And I think that's why they're getting the Avengers thing now because of the success of what, over 12 years of Kingdom Hearts BS. And uh, I I just don't think they care about the money from that standpoint. They're just keeping it. So their name is relevant within other platforms. I I feel like square is benefiting way greater from the video game than Marvel is comparably to what their other properties are that bring them money. I agree in the standpoint, but I do think Disney cares because Kingdom Hearts, like, it's not making small change. That game is making a lot of money. And if you're Disney, you're just like, I like money. And I, it doesn't matter that, like, it, it's small potatoes to, like, what I could make by just putting out a Lion King movie, but it's still money. And I think they yep. like making a lot of money in all arenas that they could possibly make in it. I'm not arguing well, King, with you in the sense Kingdom Hearts is think very niche. That's a very it niche is, audience. Man. It's die hard, but it's very niche. And it's huge. It's huge. It's not just like, I oh, will only like a few people. Like, like, no, it's not like Spawn. Like Spawn, it's like maybe it's huge for a video game. of the people really like it. it. Yes, it's huge for a video game. That's what I'm saying. And I think that if, if you're Disney, it's like it, it's bringing me a lot of money. Like it could just be a small amount of people that love this game. But those small amount of people are all buying it. They're buying anything that comes with it. Um, it, it, it. They have such a huge fan base for that game. So I don't think it's necessarily small potatoes. Um, cause that I game just think is, it's more of a relationship it's, it's issue in, in terms of, like, finance. Just because, like, you'll get more randos to see a movie just because that's what tickets are available and it's kid-friendly as opposed to a random person buying Kingdom Hearts 3 who's never played the franchise. Right. And I won't start from 3. If you're one of those people, you know. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'm just saying I think now in 2019 the conversation would go a lot better than it would have 20 years, 10, even 10 years ago. Um, I, I don't think it would necessarily be as open and shut um, as it would have been before. But, uh, but let's move on. We got some news coming out of the Black Widow movie that no one asked for. Uh, apparently David Harbour and Rachel Weisz uh, are both signed on to play characters in this film. Uh, Joelle, I'll start off with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the two castings of, of these two actors? Well, they got two really good actors. <laughs> so that's that's a good point. Uh, but we don't know who they are yet, you know. I was excited to hear that they're in the movie. I just, I would be more excited uh, once I find out who they're playing. Like, if you could tell me David Harbour's fucking Taskmaster, I'm in. <laughs> like, you don't have to tell me much more. I'm in. Uh, so, we got to, I'll be more excited once I find out who they're playing and, and the story for Black Widow. Because I don't know much about it aside from Black Widow being in the movie. So, I just, even, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. They're good actors. But it's not super exciting. But it's, it's just empty. It's like we need more information. If I had to take a guess, I'm going to assume David Harbour's character is the one that uh, is the, the head of the organization that made Black Widow. And if I had to also take a guess, Rachel Wise would be the teacher that trained the girls in the program. So I'm just taking right. a shot in the dark. That's what I'm putting my money on. Not, those, are not, those are not terrible be, guesses. <laughs> if anyone's going to be Taskmaster, it's probably the black guy that we speculated that got casted uh, before. He, well, he seems well, like... That's the, the thing. We don't know now if that they just went and casted David Harbour instead. <laughs> the black, no, I mean, he, they could've. it was never official yet. You know what I mean? They could have. The only reason why I assumed he was going to be Taskmaster, if anyone was, is because this movie primarily will probably take place a lot of it in Russia. I don't really think there's many black people in Russia. So I thought that was the one outlier that was like, maybe he's like an American spy that was sent over there. Um, and he is Taskmaster, and his abilities is why they sent him over there to kind of see what was going on with this program. So that was the yeah, biggest reason yeah. why I thought he was Taskmaster, um, right. because it was the one outlier. <laughs> it was the one casting that didn't make sense about a movie that was taking place in Russia. Um, so that was where my mind immediately went. But if they made David Harbour Taskmaster, I wouldn't have any issue with that. It would probably right. make more sense than, than my thought. But my thought is more on the, on the lines of, you know, in the middle. Like, in the middle, if you could assume a role David Harbour was taking. Because, again, we don't know that Taskmaster is in this movie. That was an right. assumption. No one's ever said that. Right. So, we hope. Everyone's just going, hoping. <laughs> right. If I'm going more logically, I would say logically, I would assume he would probably just be the guy that's ahead, that's the head of the uh, the program. Um, but, Dave, I'm going to go to you. What are your thoughts on the uh, the two castings of – well, not castings, the two – signings of Rachel Wise in David Harbour? Uh, yeah, I mean, I really don't have any opinion on the actors themselves, but I thought I read that Taskmaster was the rumored antagonist for the film. So, rumored. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm way more into the idea of Taskmaster being in the movie if they actually treat Taskmaster the way he's supposed to be treated and not some like mm-hmm. joke springboard like he is in the comics more recently. Mm-hmm. He's a very think, formidable character and I feel like they've just been shitting on him for the past five years on Marvel's comics. Well, the, the biggest thing is the, the reason why the rumor had gained any traction is because Black Widow is one of those characters like Cyborg. They didn't really have a specific villain that catered to just her. 
Um, she's usually always in the comic part of some kind of team up, whether it's her with Shield, her with Hawkeye, her with the Avengers. Um, so she never really had her own villain. So Taskmaster would make the most sense. He's not necessarily super powered, um, and he's just a guy that could see what you do and then mirror that. Um, and you know, it'd be someone that's just really hard for her to take down. So he's just the most logical villain to go with. But by no means did this come from any major trade or any like credible source that that was what they were looking to do for a villain. It just made the most right. sense. Um, so it, it's not oh. necessarily a rumor that has anything concrete behind it. It was just most. It was just mainly from like people like us that was like, "Yo, Taskmaster would be awesome," and then like somebody that has like a website ran with it, and then it got out, and then. You know, like Joel knows is stupid. We got this covered and places like that that take things like that and make it headlines. It has no credibility. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I I would hope that Kevin Feige wouldn't take another um, very famous villain and do harm to it like he did with Mandarin. Um, I, I think if you do bring in Taskmaster, it's to bring him in the right way, um, not to ruin the character. So, I would hope they would lean more towards that, um, but who knows? Like, God, who knows? Um, this movie just still doesn't make any sense to me. It was, it's just as confusing as it was when they said they were doing the Cyborg movie. It's like, why? Like, why are you doing the Cyborg movie, man? Like, wh- what are you going to do it? Really? Are you going to bring Gizmo in? That That's who's going to be the big villain, Gizmo? Oh, yeah. So who knows? Well, well that and the, the scary part with, like, them treating Taskmaster – Poorly, how they've done in the comic books lately is because I feel like every more recent Marvel movie since Guardians Volume One, they all need the funny character in every movie to make a joke about everything. So I would hate to see them do that to Taskmaster, but it could easily be accomplished with that character. Well, I'll say this: outside of Guardians, they didn't really have a specific villain. Um, the second one, not not the first one, the second one. Marvel's done a really great job with their their villains, um, even in the sense of Reasons, villains yeah. having. Wow, well, I don't mean right. villains. I just mean like the, the slapstick nature of like every line's a joke with like the Guardians oh, formula. Because no. like Ragnarok was Guardians with Thor. Every line was a joke. Everything was funny. Mm-hmm. It was very I can, annoying. I can almost I can almost guarantee you this: if they're doing a movie about how Natasha became the Black Widow, it's going to be more more towards Winter Soldier than it will be Guardian. I can almost guarantee you that. Um, like, the humor will be as humorous as she was in Winter Soldier, to where it was like, if you didn't, like, listen carefully, like, you missed the joke. Like, I don't think any joke in Black Widow will be something that the entire audience is laughing about. Like, you'll hear, like, four adults maybe crack a joke. I mean, maybe, like, crack a chuckle. But uh, I, I don't think it'll be comedy driven. It'll be more so towards Winter Soldier than anything right. else. Yeah. Hopefully. Um even I, I would even make the uh, the argument that the first Iron Man wasn't overly comical. Uh like you would think the second and third one were. It was a little bit more serious than uh the other interpretations of Iron Man that you saw going forward. Um, oh yeah, but that was that, that was before Guardians that was before Guardians of the Galaxy. But I mean like even if you look at Black Panther, every line Shiri said was a joke. Like, like there was, regardless of how like serious the film was, there was like that slapstick character that was completely unnecessary of dialogue. Mm-hmm. I, God forbid I, you laugh. I, I was it's, not, say, it's not about I was laughing. Say, it's just it, like there's no reason to write a character to make a joke every four minutes. 
Well, her character wasn't to make a joke. Her character was the reason that they had the 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 idea of those those cool suits and stuff. Um, so she was more of the scientist. Um, she just happens to be funny. Um, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like Korg. She wasn't Korg. Like Korg was purely made just just as comic relief. Um, she wasn't that. She just happened to be funny. Okoye had funny lines. Um, T'Challa had funny lines. So I'll, I'll say this: Guardian and Thor Ragnarok is really the only time Marvel has really gone out of their way to create characters just purely for the idea of it being comedy driven. Um, mm-hmm. They don't usually do that. It's three movies I could say that they've really done it, and I wouldn't even really count the first Guardian. That I'd say more so the second one. And um, Thor Ragnarok. So it's not something that's become a formula for them, is what I'm saying. So, but that was not like enough Tony to Stark's whole part, though, in in Doctor Strange, though, too. Every line that came out of his mouth was a joke. Yeah, was in comic relief. No, 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 no. I'm I'm confused. What, what were you saying, Dave? He didn't say Stark. Oh, yeah, or, okay. or, or or what, what was that? Uh, Infinity War. Is that is that where they were together? I'm sorry, all those movies blur yeah, together yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Infinity War. Yeah. Yep. They laugh together. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. There's there's better there's better writing than making everything like yeah that. yeah I get it totally get it. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to our last topic. Netflix is bringing us a live action for Cowboy Bebop. We got John Cho Ooh. playing the main character. Oh my God! Where's the mute button? Mustafa Shakir, Danielle Panita, and Alex Hassel uh, casted for this mm-hmm. live action. I will say this. Everyone who thinks these live action adaptations are just pure trash, I just want to say this. They're, they're kind of not. I kind of think we have become a society when it comes to video games and, uh, and anime. bitches. Yes, yes. We need it to be directly like the source. And what's funny is this superhero world that the MCU has built never gives you any of the source material, and we've grown to love it. So Man, to me, I, I don't it. need it from video game movies. I don't need it from anime uh, turn live, live adaptations. I just need you to do right by the characters. And I think Death Note was a surprise, uh, a surprising success. I thought Bleach wasn't horrible. I thought, um, uh, man, what was the Full Metal Alchemist? I thought, you know. Could have been better, but okay. wasn't like the worst thing. I don't think what? we've had anything as horrible as Dragon Ball um, since no, we started doing nothing. anime live Jesus action uh, movies. So to me, it's like this could be good. Let's relax. Let's wait till we see the trailer, and if we see the show or the movie, we still don't like it. No, no problem. Everyone has their own their own preference. But to me, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it seem. Because some of these have been really good. I thought Death Note was really, really, really good. Um, but, Joel, I'll start off with you. What are your thoughts on not only the casting, but just the idea that we're getting a live-action Cowboy Bebop? I'm excited. I am. Because uh, mainly because I think it lends itself to being adapted that way. It's not like like Bleach. It's harder to, to adapt that. Like um, Dragon Ball, One Piece. The anime like that. They're kind of ex- exaggerated, so it's hard to bring that to life. Cowboy mm-hmm. Bebop is a space, um, space. It, it, it's it's it lends itself to being adapted in live action. I think it is possible to do it. I don't think it, it, they're real characters. They, they use guns. They fight. 
It's, it's not super power based. It's, it, it, they bring it to a series. I think it is doable. That's why I, I'm excited to see what they can do with it. Because I do believe it's something possible to do. Will they pull it off? I don't know. I, I can't tell you. Right. I haven't seen it yet. But um, just based on the fact that I think it's doable and I want to see what they do with it. And they cast some pretty interesting uh, actors to play certain characters that I liked from the anime that, that I remember because I haven't seen it in so long. I might have to go back and watch it again just to so I can remember. <laughs> like I remember the intro and I remember certain points in, in the show, but I don't, I don't remember a hundred percent, but I do remember enjoying it. And so I, I really, really am looking forward to seeing how John show takes in spike and how he pulls it off. I just want to see, I love seeing characters I grew up with uh, brought to life. I always have, I've never, I, I've it's just always intrigued me. And if they pull it off where they didn't pull off Goku, <laughs> I'll be very happy. You know, I just want to see something different and if they can pull it off, I'll be very happy. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like Yu Yu Hakusho, Trigun, The Big O, like more of the realistic uh, franchises that you could take on. Um, Inuyasha, like I feel like you could do those. Like to me, Bleach worked. I mean, should it have been maybe a, a movie that was backed by like a, an actual studio that you could have pumped more money into it? Sure. Um, but for what you did, I thought it was cool. But to me, it's yeah. like as long as you're as long as you're not telling me you're trying to give me Gundam. On Netflix, I, I'm cool. I'm I'm completely cool. Um, right. Yeah. So to me, there's a there's few animes that you could pull off under Netflix and it would work. I, I think Trigun should be one that they look to do next. Um, and Joel, you know how desperately I want the Big O. I I need I the Big O. You're obsessed. <laughs> so I need this to be good so we could have a future for the Big O. Um, but Dave, I kind of already feel like I know wh- where you're leaning towards. But <laughs> Look at this what are your thoughts on the cool, well, cowboy? Well, before I get into my opinion, you know who I think would do a really good job with the big O? Who's that? Del Toro and the same editing crew that did Pacific Rim. Hell yeah, they would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I completely. Agree. That'd be great. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I think Del Toro has the dark, say, the dark mind for it and uh, could capture that. Not that I think, but with that being said, I don't think any anime as iconic as Big O or Cowboy Bebop needs a live adaptation. I think it's completely unnecessary and it saturates the actual IP itself. And it gets a bunch of, I mean, you said it before, money talks, but as an artist and as a creator, I hate seeing property so oversaturated for a dollar sign to where it then just gets belittled to, you know, what Harley Quinn has become. Such an iconic character to now she is the girl, the go-to girl cosplay. To me, it's yeah. just a, it's, it's lackluster for me. I don't, I don't think the casting's bad. I don't think it's great. I don't know what any of the show looks like, so there's not really much to be said about it other than the fact that that show is a, a timeless anime that has, you know, can be watched by any generation of people that have mm-hmm. gotten into anime and still be enjoyed. And yeah. the story is short, concise, and collected yep. in, in such a fashion that most animes don't do in today's current climate of what is being put out in the anime field, or manga for that matter. And I just don't think that it's necessary for it to be an adaptation re-release it in an artistic edition and put the money into a oversized book and make it an American release with the Japanese release so that it could be spread to an Eastern market. 
I just don't think it's necessary for the live adaptation and all that money to go into it when the artist is really getting pennies on the dollar of what the actual, like what, what it's actually making from the creator standpoint. I'll say this. The reason why I enjoy video game movies being made and anime movies being made um, is because I think the newer generations who I think we all can agree don't read the manga, um, don't necessarily feel the need to go back and watch the old shows. Um, it kind of kind of puts them onto it. I mean, we've seen it with superhero movies. We've seen it with, mm-hmm. I know right after Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I immediately was like, I've read some of their comics, but now I want to go back and see, like, were there any, like, really cool issues that maybe they could adapt. So to me, it does sometimes, I won't say all the time, it sometimes creates intrigue. So if you're telling me that someone watches Cowboy uh, Bebop, the series on Netflix, and you're like, wait, hold on, this was an anime? Let me go see what this anime was about. That That's helpful. It, it is somewhat helpful. So to me, if you can create intrigue enough for people to want to go back to see the source, to see where it came from, there's, there's honestly nothing nothing wrong with that. And if this new generation of their iteration of Cowboy Bebop is from this series. Every generation is meant to have something like we're making a live action Lion King movie. So a lot of this newer generation that maybe didn't see the animated one. Now the Lion King to them is that live action movie. So maybe they didn't, Which they is, didn't go back and watch the bad? animated one. So, no, so, so it's not that at all. So you support a Back to the Future you support a back? No, 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 necessarily. But no, why? The no. new generation needs it, though. This, this is oh, that's no, the problem. With, that's, but that's the problem is that, yeah, these things come out, and then it doesn't become a gateway into that an alternative medium. It becomes a crutch of like, well, now I don't need to read it because they're going to keep making films because this was successful. Or yeah, but they're not going to actually go and buy the DVD set. They're like, oh, this is on Netflix? Okay, I'm just going to go stream the anime instead of supporting it by buying the box set. We don't necessarily you know. know that though. And if we go, if we go from yeah, but well, you can right? you can judge that the percentage that's actually going to go and invest in the actual proper the actual original medium is minute to the to the percentage that's just going to continue to wait for season two. Right, but if we go if we go by your logic, stuff like like Harry Potter that no. people were obsessed with, when we it came would to not the book. be a happy society in Diggs. No, we wouldn't because <laughs> we no one would want to. No one would want to go back to, to read the book. So it's like that that franchise that we thought we, we held so dear to and we loved, it would die off so quickly because the next generation isn't rushing to go read that book. They're not rushing to go watch that show. So if their version of it happens to be a live-action show or a live-action movie, that's what they have. Um, yeah. Like to me, when they said they were redoing Jumanji, I'm just like, but why? The first one was fine. Like, this doesn't need it. And someone said something, someone made it known to me, like, dude, like, the children, like, this is their Jumanji. You don't necessarily need it, but, I mean, okay, cool. Like, the kids should be able to enjoy Jumanji the same way we did. Um, you know, so if that means a newer version of it, seeing Kevin Hart in it or The Rock in it, if that's what makes them excited about Jumanji, by all means, go ahead. Like, sure. All right. It doesn't, it doesn't rob me of the, the animated series or rob me of the manga. It's still, it's, I still cherish it. Um, but now I might have something else to cherish in this live action show. So I get what you're saying. It's not helpful to the, the manga, the, the guys who actually did the artwork or who actually wrote the originals and stuff like that. Cause they barely probably will get anything from it. But to me, it's like, I'm thinking more so of the consumer. So it's like, if you have this 
and Cowboy Bebop to you now is this live action. No problem. I mean, <laughs> no problem. But I'll never argue that we need anything. We don't need anything that we've been getting. Uh, we don't need the Joker solo. <laughs> we don't need uh, – we didn't need a Guardians. Like, There's a lot of things you of don't need. We don't need it. But you it's don't. cool to have it. It, it. It's cool. Honestly, I don't need a Jaime Blue Beetle. But if you're telling me I'm getting it, I'm I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Cool. I want to see what it looks like. So that's that's where I stand. But I, I do want to say I do understand from a more creator standpoint where you're coming from, uh, Dave, is that it doesn't do any justice to those guys who put all their blood, sweat, and tears into it, um, who probably won't even get – not only will, will they not get recognition, um, but they probably won't get any kind of praise or anything like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's, even even especially credit. with a with an IP like The Big O, that was that was such a barely successful manga, and it was even just slightly above a barely successful anime that it was cut short by yeah, four it episodes was. Was and, and and a third season. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, as as a fan of that IP, like it would just suck so badly to see a a adaptation to cash in on it to cash in on a big robot trend and you know it's just it's a to me again like you said you understand my point but like to me as an artist and a creator it's just upsetting to see these things like just turn in and that's one of my biggest complaints with uh miller is him turning every goddamn thing that he draw like writes into a movie like that's not that's not what comics are for comics were written to be comics they're not written to be scripts for movies or pitches and I think that's why yeah, a lot of the, books have. I think that's why a lot of his books have sucked lately. Yeah, but the unfortunate, the unfortunate thing about what you're saying is, remember in the '90s how like no one was really buying comics, which is why they had to do animated shows, TV shows, and movies. We're we're in that same time. I'm not saying no one does because obviously a lot. Who was of saying that in the '90s? Because '90s was the most successful time for comics. 90s is when Stan Lee was trying to shop out um, uh, his, his characters to, to make um, these movies and shows because they weren't but that's not because comics were successful. Well. That was because of Marvel's contract with its artists and creators, which has now changed. That was before he was getting royalties on everything. It has. But was, you could even say right now that this new generation is more likely to watch the movie than they are to pick up a book and read the comics. That's why no, it's that's 100% true. That's why it's so funny when people complain about it's not accurate enough. And then you ask them, like, all right, well, what accuracy are you looking for them to nail? Well, I don't really know. Like, I saw a picture once. Like, all right, so then, like, you're complaining about nothing. Like, you didn't read the comics. You didn't watch any of the original content. You're just complaining to complain. So, to me, it's like this new generation has no interest in reading. They have none, absolutely none. So, if you're telling me the big O can get its proper justice, that I didn't think it necessarily got with its animated show in a live-action movie by Guillermo del Toro or by J.J. Um, Abrams, yes, please do it. This new generation needs that before all this Transformers world and stuff was built. Like, um, Big O was successful. Like, Big O was like Batman meets Transformers. Like, not Transformers, I'm sorry. Um, Gundam. Like, Gundam. it was really, really, really fun to watch. Um, and if I could put this new generation up to uh up on something like that i would love to do it uh you you yeah, i'll never never really talked about that much i, I love you i'll never i guess i guess that's the the, the evil the evil spiritness of mine is they don't deserve it then <laughs> like uh, i know that's how you fair. Feel. i'm just saying i i as a person growing up 
always wanted to see, like, my comics come to life. I'm living yeah. that now. Like, all of the movies I'm watching, they're coming to life in a different – or adapted to fit the screen. But it, I think it can be done with anime as well. I don't think it's, – it's, it's, it's just adaptation. It's, it's not – it's, it's appreciating what came before. Now, if you do it and don't give a fuck about what came before it, that's different. That's why Dragon Ball, right. whatever the fuck that was, is bullshit. Evolution was crap. Why? But that's that's the biggest issue fuck. with that's the biggest issue the, with Western the, the studios is they don't they don't respect the. It, there's a. I agree. I can name five movies off the top of my head that are manga adaptations that are great, but they're all mm-hmm. from Eastern studios. Right, Western right. studios are shit. If I wanted to watch Final Destination with a demon involved, I'll go watch the Netflix Death Note. I don't want to watch right. Death Note on Netflix to watch to learn what Death Note is because it sucked. It was a, a cheap, 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 pay less shoe version that actual medium was, especially in story. Above and beyond the, the shitty uh, Final Destination deaths that they had all through it, which were silly in my aspect from watching it. Right. And I, I, right. It's just like, I mean, and it's the same thing. Like the Ghost and Shell movie got approval from its actual manga creator, and they still shat all over it with just making it a popcorn film. That movie is, and the, and the scariest thing, which hopefully with the failure of that movie will get continuously get pushed back, is every year the talk of them adapting Akira to a live adaptation. Yeah, that, it's just like that's please becoming do more not. And do more not do that. Likely. Why would you? Why would you ruin? Why would you ruin one of the most, if not the most timeless? It's not manga? ruining it. It it's, is ruining it. Ruin, how? To, to me. How? To me, because ruining, people. How, yeah. What do you think? What do you think? The majority is not going and reading the source material. The majority is leaving the theaters or shutting off their computer with their opinion of that adaptation and that adaptation alone. But they the knew nothing about it. Fine. Minority that that. But t- uh-huh. time out, Dave. Like th- that's completely fine because I was up Men movie thinking that was the actual X Men. Like to me, it was fine how they did it. But it's like if you read the the comics or you you watch the original um, and animated cartoon for the X Men, like that movie just never felt like the X Men. Like it was the equivalent to how people feel Snyder did Superman, to where it was like that's not really how you do Superman. I didn't really think. Um, what's his name? Can't think of the director that's like blackballed now because of like his, his pending case that's going against him. I didn't think he really truly understood the X Men. I didn't. I thought the fact that they didn't have any bright colors, the fact that none of them were their actual heights or anything like that, like to me, people leaving that and going, "That's my X Men. That's your interpretation. That's what art is. Art is to uh, to be interpreted." So it's like if you think this is Death Note more power to you. Just know you're missing out by not going back and watching the show or reading the manga. Just know that. Like, you have other mediums you can go to. If you choose not to, all right, cool. Like, you don't necessarily have to. Like, this generation might think Chris Hemsworth's Men in Black is the best Men in Black. I would tell you you should probably go watch the first one, but if you think that you don't need to, you're okay with that being your Men in Black, by all means, you're more than welcome to. It's your interpretation. I just think, to me, we get sometimes so so built up on stuff that we love that we don't necessarily want to be see, uh, tarnished um, that we assume that it's going to be tarnished. We just wait and see. Like I said, if you see it and then you're like, I hated this, 
no problem. Like, absolutely no problem. I just want you to give it a chance. <laughs> give it a chance is what I'm saying. Well, I, I make sure I watch everything so I can roast it properly. But <laughs> it's just, I just, I'm, just, I'm just exhausted from roasting everything. Like, do something fresh. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't point. get a, a chance to speak on the, the Alien thing. I thought Alien Covenant was one of the smartest sci-fi oh movies that had, that had an – let me finish my statement – that has an extended universe within the last 10 years. It took the whole idea – the whole premise or point of that movie was to make you see that what they thought was Alien this entire time, what viewers saw for the past 20-plus years as Alien was actually man-made. That's the whole point of that movie, which is such a great – like classic science fiction twist. Well, I, I'll tell you this, Dave. And, 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 and people almost... are just like, but it's not, but it's not alien. Or it was too much like alien. It's boring. That was my issue. It was just not it presented in a, in a because game. it was a science fiction film. It wasn't an action <laughs> was film. Like, and no, everyone was, was like, like everyone came out of Prometheus and they were like, but we want aliens. We want aliens. So they gave them the action sequences in Covenant. And then people complained that it was too much like aliens when it came out. And it's just like, well, you know, you can go screw yourself because you're not fans of the actual IP anyway. And it's unfortunate well, I, when they actually do give things to true fans that love the franchise in all mediums that the mass majority don't like it. They don't get to go through or go forward with their vision. And that's going to be really unfortunate if Ripley doesn't get to do – or Ridley doesn't get to do his finished vision with – well, there's Prometheus 2, and then there's another alien line timeline. There you go. Well, I, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Dave. We definitely have to have you on an episode of Geeks Against the Grain because I think uh, it would make for great entertainment for us to debate a lot of these movies. <laughs> uh, no, I, I 100% look forward to doing it because I, I want to talk more about Alien Covenant because I had so many issues about it. But I don't want to get into it now because I want to make sure you have enough time to, to plug yourself. So I want you to go ahead now and, and uh, pretty much just go ahead and shoot yourself a, a plug right now. Okay, yeah. So for anybody listening, my name is Dave DeForn. Uh, I'm an artist, writer, creator. Currently I have uh, my graphic novel, Fishtown, Volume 1, A Hairy Situation, on Indiegogo. And that's basically a deep, deep cut uh, to any hardcore comic nerd from the mid-80s to early 2000s. Uh, it's a poke at superheroes. It's a necessary injection into what the superhero genre is missing currently on shelves. And just to give you some examples of how off-the-wall and zany it is, the main character has Cyclops' visor as a chess piece, and she has laser boots. Uh, there's, characters with, there's characters with shape-shifting beards, there's mm-hmm. Magical Unicorn. First main villain is a cat that has, like, a Starscream rocket and cannons on its paws. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of kicks. Like, one of the bits I do is the whole white eye thing of the 90s, how a lot of the artists never drew pupils in their characters' eyes. And the main character questions that when she gets to the headquarters of the new team that she joins. And they're like, oh, no, these are just contacts. We wear them when we go in the field. So there's a lot of like little cuts like that, that if you're a true comic book fan, you can truly appreciate. It's uh, rounding out at about 
60 pages. And depending on how far we get with the campaign, uh, the book itself with additional material will probably end up being roughly around 100 to about 116 pages. Uh, you can find me at Instagram at the underscore scaredy underscore cat. And there's actually a secret link both on my Twitter, which is scaredyxcat, uh, and my Instagram for the secret link or secret perk rather for the graphic novel where you actually get a discounted price on the book. Yeah, we'll so, make yeah, sure I mean, we definitely we'll make sure we promote you on Instagram and Twitter. Um I, I know I'm I'm definitely excited. Joel was telling me a little bit about it. I'm definitely excited to check it out. We'll I actually have sure one of the comics. I have one of them. I don't remember which one it was, but he gave me one of them wow, a long time ago. <laughs> but I have one of his <laughs> earlier uh, adaptations. I think it was a one off. But oh uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting comic. Um don't let his hot takes bother you. His comics are actually good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just not the same you know old I mean? thing. It's a, it's a new idea. Some people aren't right, familiar yeah. with that these days. Or as, as you say, the new generation is, isn't familiar with a new idea. Right. There's some interesting work in there, so you definitely should check it out. And even if you don't like definitely. my story, my uh, artwork is top-notch. If you're fans of, like, Frank Cho or Steve McNiven or yeah. high-detail people like that. So I would agree. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll make sure. Remind me to check it out, Joel, when I come. Um, when I come next Friday. Yeah, I have it. So I have it here. See a lot of yeah. Look at it. But I will say, Dave, your takes were awesome. Um, before before I close out the show, <laughs> I do want to know really quickly, um, because you came in kind of after we uh we had already kind of talked about it. Um, just very quickly, your thoughts on the um, the in-game trailer that we got when the tickets were released, and then your thoughts on the Joker trailer. Uh, I'll be honest, I have not seen the end-game trailer, because I'd, I'll just probably turn at that movie when it drops on my pirate site, but the Joker oh trailer, that, the Joker trailer, <laughs> that looks awesome. That I, I might awesome. actually financially support in theaters, so... I'm I'm, I'm a big that... fan of Joaquin. I'm a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix, uh, regardless of whether it's comic book related or not. Uh, I am a diehard fan for Method Actors, and I think he is one of the best of my generation. Um, yep. So, regardless of what yep. he's doing, I'm going to check out what he's doing, and when it's you know when it hits big screens. So hopefully, yeah, you know this will be better than a. If I'll I'll end this on a very spicy note. Hopefully this will be a better rendition of Heath Ledger's Joker. So, oh my God, Dave, I love you. That's exactly what I said. I said it. It, it looks like it's the version of Joker we should have gotten from Heath Ledger. <laughs> um, that's exactly what I said. Exactly what I said. Uh, God, I wish we had more time to talk about that. Um, God, I'm very say, happy we're done with this conversation. I will. Say, you, know, you know how many times um, I've argued with Joel at work about the Heath Ledger Joker. <laughs> Yeah, I'm oh, done. God. Listen, listen. The three of us need to have a, co- a sit down conversation about no. that, so Joe can realize that he's wrong. Uh, but no, <laughs> no, I did want to say really quickly. Not wrong. Um, I do want to say really quickly. I've been hearing this a lot on the news, and the news always makes this a mistake, and I think a lot of people do. Um, there is a difference between a superhero movie and a comic book film. Um, and sometimes people forget that. Uh, I heard on the news when they were talking about the Joker trailer, they were like. In Warner Brothers' new superhero uh, movie, I'm like, no, there are no superpowers in this movie. It's just a movie about a comic book. 
it's a comic book film. Comic book uh, Just like Watchmen. Specific characters. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> right, right. So calling it a superhero film, please stop. That's how we won't get it nominated for an Oscar. Stop using that term. Just call it a comic <laughs> book film. Um, <laughs> like, please stop calling it that. Um, but, Dave, I want to thank you so much for joining us. You definitely have to come on m- more often. Um, I yeah, absolutely. Thank think. you guys for having me. Yeah, let me absolutely. know so I'm not on. <laughs> Shut up, Joel. Um, <laughs> we definitely have to have you on more. Uh, Joel, thank you. Huge shout out to Kane and Nick and Dane who couldn't be on, but they will next week. And everyone, next week is Game of Thrones week. So it's going to be a lot of fun trying to maneuver around that. Uh, but stay tuned, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace. Adios.